Shaq, let's just say that a uh, snake bit your mom right up here, right in the chest area. Would you be willing to suck the venom out to win the title? No, but I will with your wife. Hello and welcome to the Pick and Roll Podcast. I'm Bill Golden. Alongside me, as always, is Kevin McLernan. Kev, I believe we forgot to do this at the end of the last podcast, so I'm going to do it at the beginning and the end this time. Just wanted to remind you and everyone who's listening that the Eagles are the current Super Bowl champions. (laughs) Yes, I love it. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so the NBA playoffs uh, are in full effect. The first round just literally just ended minutes ago. Um, We'll get into that. But first, we wanted to talk a little bit about the predictions we made at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it's going to make us look pretty bad, um, or at least me, uh, especially with the under-overs. But, I mean, let's just get to it. Cavs were under-over 54.5. You went under. I went over. Um, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised. They're not that good of a team. But, yeah, under, and they won 50 games. Yeah, so 54. And you, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, your prediction was they weren't the one seed, and you were clearly right with that. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I probably had them as probably like the two or something. I don't think anybody at the beginning of the season really saw what was happening with them. Uh, was it was going to be able to predict this. And, and a part of the problem with the over under with the Cavs is not only that they, they underperformed for most of the season, but then they had this huge trade in the middle of the year that changed their roster a lot, which has, a, which has a, obviously a massive effect. They only came four games short of their over under. I'm actually pretty surprised that they won 50 games because they really looked bad at times this season. Well, LeBron played all 82 games. <laughs> That's why they won 50. Yeah. Uh, first time in his career, I believe. Um, I think he also uh, led the league in minutes played. Uh, I'm not sure if it was minutes per game. I think Harden might have edged him there. But since he played every game and Harden missed a couple, uh, LeBron did play the most minutes in the league. It, it just continues to play at this level, at this age, uh, this many years in the league. It's just something that, I mean, we've definitely never seen before. Kareem obviously was effective for 20 years, but not at this level. Yeah, I mean, it's what, which, which kind of hurts Kareem's numbers, uh, at least uh, points per game and all that. Um, that hasn't happened to LeBron um, because, I mean, he's playing. Well, this might have been his best statistical year ever, right? I would say yes. Uh, I think he shot either the highest or one of the highest uh, percentages from the field. I think he had career high in assists. Uh, possibly rebounds also, and his, and his points, like you mentioned, were right there. Um, it, it's amazing, like you said, not only that he's playing at this level, but this is the best he's ever been. It's it really it's mind boggling. And uh, I just looked it up. LeBron led the league in minutes per game at thirty six point nine, and then also minutes total at three thousand two hundred twenty six. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's it's just hard to kind of comprehend, um, but it was necessary. Uh, I think, like you, you said at the beginning, that was the key to the Cavs actually, you know, getting to 50 wins uh, this year was him playing all those minutes. It's just one of those things he has to do, had to do this year. And I mean, as we've seen so far, we'll get into him. He's playing a lot in the playoffs as well. Yeah, we'll move on to the team that was predicted at 30, 33.5. 
we both went over and we were right. The Celtics won 55 games. But if I'm pretty sure if you told us that Kyrie would miss as much time as he did and Gordon Hayward missed the entire season, we probably would have went under. Absolutely. I would have went under 55. Um, Brad Stevens has to be in the conversation for best coach in the league. Obviously, Popovich, to me, is in a class by himself. Outside of him, though, Brad Stevens might be the best coach in the NBA uh, we'll get into what he did in the playoffs so far, but it's amazing. And, and uh, listen, I'm not trying to discredit the rest of the roster. They have great players, but like you mentioned, without Hayward and with Kyrie missing a lot of time, uh, it, it's truly amazing that they won 55 games this year. Yeah, my prediction was Jalen Brown was going to be better, or I said good offensively, which he's, he's shown his flashes, especially in the playoffs. And I guess we'll talk about your your prediction later because your prediction was that they don't make the conference finals. And uh, I'm, I'm sure we both hope that happens, but we'll get uh, into that when we talk about the, their matchup later. Uh, the Wizards, 48 and a half and won 43 games. Um, yeah, not a great season for the Wizards. Yeah, it was pretty disappointing. Um, they obviously didn't have too much trouble make the playoffs. So the Pistons were in it pretty much to the very end. Um, even after that, Blake Griffin should talk about that later. Um, but, you know, they had some of their stars miss time, uh, and, and that hurts. But still, I mean, even with that, I, I thought they would be much better than this. Um, to be the eighth seed in the East, it's just, it's really underwhelming, and it's it's um, it's not a good look for them. Yeah, I, I mean, I really would have loved to see if Porter stayed healthy and was able to play that game six because I, I was really looking forward to those last two games. Uh, I, as soon as I saw Porter was out, I didn't think they could win because, I mean, we all know they have a bad bench. And once you lose one of your starters with that team, you just really don't have a chance. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, there's there's such a massive drop off from their first five to that bench. And obviously, when it gets, it gets to going deep into the playoffs, uh, you need you need bench players and you need really good bench players and you can't rely so much on you know not just starting five but they rely a lot on those uh, those two guys Wall and Beal and um, you know it probably wouldn't have been enough even if they were all healthy uh, to to get out of the first round or even go deep and I mean if you're the Wizards organization you got to start thinking about what what you want to do going forward with this because it, it's just it's not it hasn't been a formula for much success at all. Yeah, well we'll move on to a team that. I mean, huge surprise to us. They were at 47 and a half. The Raptors won 59 games this year. I actually went under. <laughs> you said they would get swept in the second round. We'll see if that happens uh, still. Um, but yeah, I mean, a great season by the Raptors to win 59 games and uh, get the one seed of the East. Right. And I think Dwayne Casey will definitely be uh, up there for coach of the year uh, and, and deservingly so. Um yeah, they're more interesting to talk about in the playoff perspective. I have some things to say about them in, in that regard. But, I mean, props to their players. And like I said, Dwayne Casey, um, you know, a lot of people were talking about a couple other teams that we'll get into as being surprises this year. But I, I don't think enough people are talking about the Raptors having won 59 games. Even a healthy, uh, even a Cleveland team that played better this year um, or a fully healthy Boston team. I don't know if either of those teams gets to 59 wins. That's, that's a big number. Um, and they deserve a lot of credit. Yeah, 59, 59 games is good. Like, if you told me the Raptors would be the one seed, I wouldn't have been shocked. Right. But if you told me they won 59 games, I, I really would have been surprised at the beginning of the year. Uh, so really, uh, kudos to them on their regular season and, I mean, winning that first-round matchup against the Wizards. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, the bu- just real quick, I mean, that 59, yeah. just last thought, is actually more games than the Warriors won this year. So, I mean, it's a heck of an yeah. accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, I mean... 
know, we'll, we'll talk about the Warriors later, but we'll <laughs> move on to the Bucks. Uh, huge disappointment to us. We were really high on them in the beginning of the season. You had them making the conference finals. We both went over their 46 and a half, and they won 44 games. I said Giannis would be top three MVP. I mean, good season by Giannis, but uh, he's not going to be top three MVP. But, uh, I mean, really disappointed for, for them. And losing a, a seven-game series to a depleted Boston team, uh, it, it's really disappointing for this team. Yeah, I'm going to save some of my talk for the playoff talk on that. Uh, Giannis this year, 20, almost 27 points, uh, 10 rebounds, and just under five assists. Uh, the Greek freak took another step forward this year uh, in a big way, uh, led his team uh, to 44 wins. Uh, to me, uh, it's hard for me to lay too much blame on him for the, the, the underperforming in the season and also in the playoffs. Um, this coach needs to be fired, and they need to bring in somebody uh, who can utilize Giannis better than, than he has. Um, and, and the players they have, because they have a very, very good roster, uh, and they have a little bit of depth too, a lot of talented guys. And they'll be back next year, You know, I think, in, in contention for the conference finals again next year um, going forward. They have a really great core, but um, yeah, it's just to me it was a coaching issue, and I, I think he will be fired. Have you seen the latest game of uh, Zoe? With the Bucks as the theme? Uh, no, no, I have to catch up uh, on that. I, I really recommend it. it. It's it centers around Jason Kidd getting fired. So, <laughs> I mean that that was one big thing that happened through them, and they they definitely need to find a full time coach. Uh, we'll move on to the Heat. Forty two and a half. Um, we were both kind of I mean on with this. I mean you went over, I went under, but we both had them as a seven seed. You said they would trade Winslow. I said they will not. And <laughs> I mean Winslow, uh, he shocked me in the playoffs, but we can talk about that later when we talk about the first round, but I was kind of really impressed with him this season. Yeah, I was as well. I think he, 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 uh, improved a lot. Um, yeah, the heat, they're not really that interesting to talk about, I guess, as far as regular season is concerned, like you said, they kind of did, I think not just what we thought, obviously it was close to what uh, Vegas said as well. I mean, this is, this is the, this is just what they are. Um, they're their first round exit type of team for, for right now. Um, Hassan Whiteside is who he is and Winslow it's interesting I mean Winslow showed flashes of, of maybe becoming a star so if he can get there obviously Dwayne Wade maybe this is his last year they could be a piece and a half away from from really being a, a good team in the future yeah I mean they definitely have a lot of good players it's just I mean Whiteside just looks so bad but that's another thing mm-hmm. uh, we'll move on to I mean I don't have much to say about this team the Hornets uh, 42 and a half, they went under. I mean, Kemba was good. That's real. Uh, Dwight Howard was not. Uh, he had a 30-30 game. Good for Dwight Howard. <laughs> yeah. Um, disappointing. I think I... You know I had to bring up Dwight Howard. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I actually said some nice things about him in the in the first podcast because I thought, you know, maybe this would be uh, different for him, diff- different this time around, and it just, it just was not. Um, you know, and I, I actually caught... Uh, one of their games and the commentators were actually praising him, which was just absolutely shocking to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kemba's Kemba. Uh, they don't have really much else going for them. I, I'm the only thing I could say really, and we can leave it there is just that they, they were disappointing. I mean, only by six games or so, but they should be in the playoffs in my opinion. Yeah. So Dwight Howard was traded. What in the summer of 2010. Sounds right. From Orlando to LA. And then since that, He's been on the Lakers, the Rockets, the Hawks, and now the Hornets, and really hasn't really found a home anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's just, um, 
he just never really developed into a, a takeover the game guy. Or and the other thing is, it, it seemed like it, he never really found the role. You know, uh, he he always just I don't know. He always seems out of place whenever I see him playing, no matter where he is playing. In Orlando, they had built the whole roster around him, so he kind of fit in there. But since then, like you mentioned, I think he's bouncing around because he just he's. Um, it's like that square peg round hole thing, you know, but it's with every team, it seems yep. like. <laughs> uh, the next team, uh, they were projected at 40 and a half, which I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I, I went under the 40 and a half for the 76ers. Um, I, I didn't I didn't think Embiid was going to play as much as he did. I didn't think Ben Simmons was going to be as great as he was. Uh, they won 52 games, and I was completely wrong. Yeah, uh, even though I think I went over, I was definitely wrong also. There's no way I saw this team winning 52 games. Uh, obviously, the winning streak towards the end of the year, the way they played at the end of the year, um, was was fantastic. Um, and we both knew that it was going to take time for them to get all the way there. I didn't think it was going to be at that level, uh, at least not this year. Um, I mean, this team, I think, only won 10 games two years ago. But, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing for them was Embiid playing so many minutes. Obviously, it, it's we could talk about a debate about which player is better between him and Simmons. But as far as having a, a total effect on the outcome of games, I think Embiid uh, has more of an, an effect because of how good he is defensively. And him playing as many minutes and, and playing you know as much as he did this year was, was the difference. Yeah, two years ago, 10 wins for the Sixers. They lost, They had 63 less wins than the Warriors. Two years later, they only have six less wins than the Warriors. So uh, that, that's some improvement right there. Yeah, um, this is uh, the, the validation of, of Sam Hinkie and the process. Um, it's hard for anyone to, to say that it didn't work and it wasn't the right move because we're 52 and 30 this year. This is probably the worst team we're going to have over the next eight to 10 years. So, um, and it's the worst our two superstars will be over the, over that span also. So, um, I just want to get in there that the Bucks want to talk about the results. Well, we're here and I'm, I'm very willing to talk about the results. <laughs> <laughs> you said Simmons would average 10 plus assists. I mean, we, we were making bold predictions, so it was bold. 8.2 is still, uh, pretty darn good yeah i mean the guy is a a rookie he's going to be uh the clear rookie of the year um we can talk about that uh ridiculous discussion if you want but yeah for him to be third in assist this year uh you know very impressive 80 81 games too by the way that's i mean as a rookie 80, playing 81 games is pretty tough because i mean yeah he had that he had this season to adjust but he still wasn't playing any games last year so uh, i mean Jumping from 30 games to 81, uh, it's pretty good. Right. I mean, uh, the Pist- Pistons, 30 and a, 38 and a half. Um, they won 39. So good for Vegas, man. They're pretty good at this uh, numbers game. They are. And uh, they had a blockbuster trade. I, I guess you would call it that um, midway through the season. I think it was at the deadline um, to get Blake Griffin, uh, kind of shake things up in Detroit. And obviously, uh, with the disaster that is and was uh, and continues to be the the Clippers. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, I think it was a solid move for them. Uh, Blake's still pretty young. Uh, it should be interesting to see what they do going forward to try to build around him, but, uh, he's a great young player. We'll see if, if he takes a step up. I know we talked a little bit about him being a little disappointing. We thought he would be a little bit better, but you know, maybe, you know, being with this new franchise gives him an opportunity to take some, some steps in that direction. Yeah, that team, I think I looked it up. They have like the eighth highest salary in the NBA. And you don't even make the playoffs. I mean, that's just. I mean, they have two max guys in Drummond and Blake, and then they're also paying Reggie Jackson a lot of money. Uh, it's just 
a lot of money into a team that doesn't even make the playoffs. I'm not sure where they go from here and what they do. Yeah, I mean, especially with that Blake trade. I mean, that was clearly to make a push at the end, I thought. Um, and it just didn't work out for them. But, yeah, going forward, I mean, with that core, I don't know how good Reggie Jackson really is. He's definitely being overpaid. But with Griffin and, and Drummond, if, if Griffin can handle the ball, uh, you know, some of the time, they, they can add a couple pieces. This, this should be a playoff team going forward, I would think. Drummond's young, well, right? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah Drummond's young. Yeah. I think they gave away their first-round pick to uh, the Clippers in that trade. So um, we'll see. Uh, yeah, Drummond was in that 13 draft, I think. Um, so, and he, was, he came out as a, a freshman. So he's probably about 24. Yeah, so, um, and, and Griffin's 28. So young. So yeah. yeah. Uh, the Knicks. I mean, surprisingly, the, we both went under the 30 and a half. They won 29, but a majority of that was without Kristaps. And with Kristaps, they were, I mean, playoff, not bound, but definitely in there, in that discussion. Yeah, totally shocking. Kristaps uh, is proving that he's he's a bona fide superstar in this league. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say about the next season. A very strange season. Um, they ended up in the tanking race at the end. Um, they lost five less games. Uh, then Atlanta and ended up, you know, in a terrible position for the draft lottery. But with the new percentages, I guess anything could happen. Well, they don't start till next year. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they ended up there. I mean, of all the teams that are really in the tank race, they have the best record. So um, they kind of botched that that one. <laughs> well, they didn't botch it because they they did their best after Kristaps Chris, got hurt. My, my prediction at our all-star break was that they would have the worst record, but they just had no chance of catching up to anybody because the, the teams didn't even get to the record that the Knicks were at at the all-star break. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't even, I think Phoenix won like three or four games in 2018. It was, it was absurd. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, a big part of the season that not a lot of people talked about was, there was I'm looking at it now it looks like a good nine teams were in that race um for tanking so I mean I think what Philly did this year I'm kind of like I said validating what they did it, it made teams I think think it it even more so and it may have convinced the people who, who thought otherwise that that that's the way to go and I mean while we're on this topic I just want to say that we were ahead of everybody we started talking about the the tank again and all that like how bad this was going to be at the all-star break and then like the next week i saw it all over the internet so i, th- I think we were ahead of the curve there yeah we it was a good prediction by us i mean i think it was it was easy to see because um i just i think from our perspective like i said being sixers fans and seeing it work and then witnessing it work this particularly this year like i said i think that really motivated some teams and convinced some people that it is the the, the way to go instead of instead of trying to be like atlanta's been or was for like a while um, you know, Washington has been lately, although they had a couple good years, but you know, those middle of the road teams that just make the playoffs and exit in the first round. I think a lot of, a lot of teams thought maybe that's not the way to go. Yeah. And you got to do it in the right years. If you're tanking when Anthony Bennett is the number one pick, then you're mm. not doing it right. Yeah. That was a, a mistake <laughs> to say the least. Uh, we'll move on to the magic at 30 and a half. You went over, which I don't know why he did, but um, they won 25 games and were bad. I said Alfred El- Payton would be traded. Hey, I got one right. Yeah, uh, that's a good call by you. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I saw, honestly. 
Um, but obviously I was, I was very wrong on this team. Um, and there's nothing well, they there. They probably that, would have been around 30 if they, if they didn't tank at the end. So yeah, they kept playing like they were, they probably would have been uh, over, but they just tanked. Yeah. I, I think I, I think I liked them though. And, um, you know, now seeing the way they performed and looking at the roster, um, it, I think it's going to be a long, a long time before the magic are any good. They got around the fifth pick. Um, I've seen some rumors uh, or some mock drafts that they might be going towards Trey Young. I mean, obviously, it doesn't mean anything, but uh, they definitely need a go-to scorer. So they're just kind of in the middle of nowhere. Aaron Gordon, you said he, he would improve. I think he is improving. Just uh, I mean, it's just it's just going to take some time. That team doesn't know where they where they really are. Yeah, I mean, I think Gordon can can be a, a good player. Um, and he's 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 been a good player. I mean, he averaged uh, about five more points per game than he did last year, and, and grabbed almost three more rebounds. I mean, that's as much of um, a reasonable improvement that you could expect out of a guy from his third to fourth year. And he's only twenty two, so I, I think he he's going to continue to get better. Did they re-sign him? Because because as a he was in that Embiid draft, right? So he would either. Uh, have to be re-signed or he's going to be a restricted free agent yeah to be honest i don't know that's a good question though okay yeah i mean he's definitely their best piece um right now uh but i mean who knows that that trade that they made for elford payton uh for dario sarge doesn't look good on them right now even though i mean Dario's not a a, a number one go-to guy doesn't look up but on the sixers he has a good fit the next team was the pacers at 30 and a half um yeah that was bad by vegas bad by you this is probably your worst take you went under on the pacers at 30 and a half um you said old depot would average 25 i said 22 and a half i think he was in between those uh but the pacers won 48 games and probably to me the biggest surprise in the nba this year yeah so when i was talking about the the raptors earlier and i alluded to two teams that were the biggest stories the pacers i, I agree i think uh they're the team that's the biggest surprise in the story as far as teams go in the NBA this year, Victor Oladipo, I think we both really liked him too, um, to be, you know, a legit star. And I think that's why we predicted, predicted him to uh, score so many points. I guess I probably saw it more on uh, a guy scoring a lot on a bad team. But uh, even with all that being said, uh, I, I didn't see him being this good. I think he runs away with the most improved player award. Um, and they oh, yeah. were talking about it during the broadcast just now that uh, playing with Russell Westbrook, he said, helped him a lot. And, and you can see that his mentality of, you know, attacking and being aggressive and being fearless, uh, that's what I think elevated him to the next level. And, I mean, uh, you know, I got egg on my face on this one. And uh, they, they looked fantastic in the first round. We can talk about that later. But, yeah, I mean, they were great. And, by the way, if Paul George leaves uh, the Thunder, th- this could go down as one of the worst trades in NBA history because <laughs> the bonus and Old Depot are, like, good. I mean – the bonus isn't on the level of Old Depot, especially right now, but they're both very good players and could be keys to this team for the next five, ten years. Uh, and if Paul George leaves, Oklahoma City got one year out of him and they didn't even get out of the first round. Yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about OKC. But yeah, I mean, you have Old Depot, Turner looks like a great young player, and Sabonis. That's a great young core. They have a lot of other uh, good players. Bogdanovich was good this year, Collison and, and Thad Young, obviously. Um, they, they're 
probably could add one more uh, like star type player. Maybe, I mean, there's a big free agency market this summer. We'll see. I don't know what their cap space is like, but this is a solid young core, especially with the young star, like we said, in Oladipo. So I, I like the Pacers, the Pacers future. I, I didn't see them as being a problem as far as the Sixers in the East going forward, but I, I think they will be. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm just, I was just really surprised by this team, how they did that well. Old Depot, I mean, is signed over the next three years for 21 mil. And then really no, nobody else. I mean, Thad Young is 13.7. Um, I mean, nobody else. They gave rid of Al Jefferson this year, who they were paying $10 million to. So that's cap space. Lance Stevenson, who's, I mean, I love watching Lance Stevenson play. I'm going to be honest. People hate watching him against LeBron, but I love it. I do too. I'm, it's so funny to me because I I used to go to a, a high school showcase in Trenton with my dad every year, and he came there twice. Um, he was, I think, at a Lincoln High School, and he was unbelievable. Um, you know, great player, and it's so funny to see someone that was a star like that. Obviously, all these guys were stars in high school, but I just just actually witnessed him play, and then to see him in the role that he's in now is really funny to me. But he does. He's listen. He's the guy. He's one of those guys that you hate to play against, and you probably love to play with. And um, I think coaches really like him as well because he he works hard. And um, the only thing is, you know, he pick he does get himself into foul trouble at times. But he's great, and I I love his irrational confidence. It's it it it's funny to me. He's entertaining. He's an entertaining <laughs> player. Yeah, and you could just tell. I think I think it was game six when the Pacers were kind of blowing out the Cavs. And LeBron just had enough. <laughs> he was just in his face, and LeBron just gave him like a push. And I mean, he exaggerated the fall a little bit, but you're like, yeah, it's Le- Le- LeBron showing his frustration that he's just done with this game. Well, the the crazy thing is, I, I might be forgetting someone. Maybe you could remind me. I don't remember LeBron ever being really anyone really getting to LeBron. Lance Stevenson, and this goes back to I think the Miami days when he blew in his ear, or was he on the Cavs? Whatever, whenever that was, um, I, I blew in his face. I, this is a like. There's no denying that Lance Stevenson gets in LeBron's head. I mean, obviously, it doesn't really affect LeBron. I mean, he's so great, but um, it's just interesting that that Stevenson's able to actually accomplish that. The only other player, which I wouldn't say he really got on his nerves, but kind of frustrated LeBron playing against him was Paul Pierce when they when he was on the Cavs and they played the yeah. Celtics. But that was kind of that whole team. So yeah, that was. Um yeah, they, they had a little bit of a, a rivalry feel to it. Um, but that, that Celtics team really rubbed a lot of people, like a lot of teams the wrong way, uh, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the intensity of Garnett and um, Rondo alone on the same team is enough to anybody to yeah. get anybody frustrated. Very true, yeah. Uh, we'll move on from the Pacers, even though we could probably talk about how good they were <laughs> for a while. Uh, the Hawks, very similar to the Pacers, you know, uh, 24 wins this year. Uh, the under over was 27 and we both correctly went under. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to say. This is one of the worst rosters in basketball. I think, um, can, can we talk about how Budenholzer got fired? How, why did he get fired? You know, the NBA firings to me, hirings and firings, well, mostly the firing, it, it always makes me scratch my head. Um, I, I think the Sixers keeping Brett Brown is something only they would have done. Most people would have fired him, even though there was no, opportunity for him to win before this year there's no reason to fire Budenholzer he proved that he's a great coach uh, with that team that won I don't know 50 some odd games got the one seat over the Cavs obviously they got swept but they didn't belong having the one seat in the first place I, I'm convinced he's a great coach I think he'll get another job soon 
I hope so. I mean, they, I know they talked to Phoenix a little uh, before they fired him. I just this is a guy who won Coach of the Year a couple years ago, and I just don't understand what the Hawks were expecting from him this year or this team this year. Like, yeah, it's a horrible. Did you want him to lose? Like the only thing I could say is that they wanted them to lose more so they could get the top pick. <laughs> it's the only reasoning I could see that for firing him. It's this, it's this season. It's possible, I guess, or maybe maybe they just felt bad for him. I don't know. Maybe they thought his prospects are good for coaching somewhere else, and they really liked him as a person. I don't know because, um, I, I mean, like I said, I think the Bucks opening will be there, and there'll probably be a couple others, and he'll definitely be in contention to get a job. But yeah, I mean, it, it makes you scratch your head. I, I don't know. Well, the Knicks is open, but I, if I were him, I wouldn't want to take that job. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to the Nets. I really don't have anything to say about the Hawks. Uh, the Nets, 26 and a half, um, 28, so they went over. Um, but, I mean, that's not surprising. They weren't a team tanking since they didn't, they don't own their first-round pick. That's That goes to Cleveland now because um, it went with that. Went to Brooklyn um, in that Kevin Garnett trade and then went to Cleveland in a Kyrie trade. Um, but, I mean, this this is a team, I, I mean, we've just been talking about it. They, they've been doing the right things to recover from an awful, awful trade. Probably one of the worst trades in NBA history. Yeah, I mean, we've um, we've definitely, you know, before this year, uh, given them a lot, of, a lot of hate on this podcast. I remember a couple of times in a row we jokingly, I mean, not really jokingly, just almost completely skipped them in the predict- prediction, just basically doing the overrunner and say, okay, let's just get out of here before we go nuts. But yeah, I mean, they finally have turned it around. My biggest thing with them right now is Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, he, he stepped up in a big way this year, um, you know, 12 points per game, uh, six, six assists, three rebounds. Uh, he played 80 games, started 58 of those games. Um, he came on the scene in a big way, all-star weekends. Um, I think this is a guy who could be a pretty solid starter in the NBA. Um, and I don't think many people saw that. I definitely didn't. I mean, he kind of came out of nowhere this year. So props to him. Um, and then obviously them with D'Angelo Russell. So, I mean, they're not in a bad position. It's going to take a while because of the pick situation, like you mentioned. But um, yeah, I mean, going forward, I think they'll, they'll be, they're in a good position. They actually managed to get a first-round pick uh, this year from Toronto, even though it's the 29th pick. Uh, so, but they have 29, 40, and 45. Uh, so at least they have some picks coming in. Um, see, hopefully they can – well, actually not hopefully for us, but uh, for their sake, hopefully they can get some some late gems in the draft. Yeah, and the other the other thing is just the, the weirdness of, of Jalil Okafor. Obviously, he's on their roster currently. Um, I just wanted to mention it because it's just to me. I mean, he played 53 games in his rookie year, and he averaged 17 and a half points and seven boards, albeit on a very, very bad team. But um, just strange to me that he's gone all the way down to basically uh, hardly playing or not playing at all. So it, it should be interesting to see what happens in his future. It looks like he might not be in the NBA very much longer. Did you get a chance to read his? Um I forget whether, who who he wrote it for. Um, was it? Um, it might have been for the Players Tribune or something like that. Um, in back in January, but um, it was when he was still on, or it was it was after he was traded. Um, and it was kind of going through his mentality when he was on the Sixers and how he completely understood how he knew he wasn't part of the future. Um, and so he understood why they didn't want to play him. 
Um, but it, it was like, it was really weird to hear his side of it and how he was cool with all of it. Yeah. And what's interesting about, I didn't read the whole thing, but I did get the gist of it. And what's weird about that, I think is there was a lot of reports, or at least rumors uh, that he was unhappy. And I think there was some involvement with his family also being unhappy uh, in the beginning of the situation. So I thought it was uh, interesting that he would say that. And, and you know, I, I think it's great in the modern day that players are able to have that platform to be able to explain themselves. And, um, you know, it's a, it takes a, a big person to do that. I think he deserves credit for that because, you know, you know, these guys have huge egos and it, it definitely bruises it when um, you have to sit, even though you know that you're good enough to play. Um, so I, I, you know, I hope for him that he 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 gets a chance uh, in the future to continue to play in the NBA. I think he's good enough to be a bench player, but um, obviously his defensive problems are are his uh, biggest Achilles heel. But we'll see. I think if he gets on the right team, uh, aka probably the Spurs, <laughs> they could definitely make something out of him. Uh, and like you said, maybe if that is coming off the bench, um, he can definitely contribute to a team. In my opinion, I agree. Uh, final team in the East, the Bulls. We're at 22 and a half. We both went under, and uh, they went over. 27 wins. Yeah, good for them. Um, not too much to say about them. Um, my boy, Laurie Markkinen, uh, he was pretty impressive this year. Um, I know that I was high on him uh, coming in this, this past season. Um, yeah, he's good. Uh, I like to see that. And they got Zach Levine and Chris Dunn up front. I think going forward uh, with those three guys, I think are going to be their could be their starters for a while. I think they're all three of them are good enough to be that. So if they can get some some players, you know, down low, um, maybe a guy on the wing, it's a little bit better. Uh, they they could have a good team going forward. Yeah, maybe that Jimmy Butler trade wasn't as bad as we originally thought because um, Chris Dunn really stepped up this year. Uh, we know how good Levine has been, and I mean he's still so young. What is he? Twenty one, twenty two years old? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, marketing, no comment. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he still he still has a lot to improve on. But yeah, he, he definitely had a better rookie season than I thought he would. No, definitely. I mean, I'm not saying it's always all the way there or anything crazy like that. But um, you know, it's what's what's crazy about this year's rookies is no one's even talking about. They were talking about it earlier in the year. Obviously, the Bulls were bad, so they kind of fell out of the picture. But uh, to average 15 points and seven and a half rebounds. And again, I know it's, a, it's on a bad team, uh, but to do that and, and not even really be anywhere in the discussion of rookie of the year, it's just crazy. It's, it's a shame for yeah. him. I mean, it's just the wrong year to be a rookie, honestly, unless you're, you know, Ben, yeah. I mean, look at, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll talk. He about may have it. even won it last year. I mean, we saw Malcolm Brogdon, his stats, I mean, he won. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, um, yeah, I kind of feel for him there, but, yeah, I mean, I like this this Bulls core. Like I said, they, I think they have three young players that could be starters going into the future. So um, I don't think they're too far away from turning this thing around, but we'll, we'll see. And the top six, well, they're at six right now before the lottery. So going to pick up another another potentially big piece for them. Yeah. Time for the West. Warriors right. are 67 and a half. I went over. Ooh. So confident. <laughs> and uh, they won 58. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, honestly, I don't think that, you know, you should feel bad about that at all because there were some injury situations that obviously let, lent themselves, let the, you know, were a big part of that. But I think the biggest thing was, and you could see this in the beginning of the year, they just didn't care. 
I mean, they just did yeah. not care. They looked like the Cavs when the Cavs, uh, I guess, I guess like last year-ish, uh, when the Cavs still had that, that full team rolling, um, they just, the same thing kind of shrugged their shoulder. Like we don't, we don't care about being the one seed or whatever, you know, you guys do the regular season if that's what you're interested in. And, you know, we'll get ready to go in the postseason, which we'll talk about later, but yeah, I mean, injuries and a lack of, of honestly, just giving a crap is, is really what led them to 58 wins. And I mean, that's how great this team is. So we're talking about them having an awful season and they won 58 games. Yeah. I sure. mean, okay, because we were talking about how great the Raptors were earlier and they had one more win. And then, I mean, in 58, it's awful for the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no doubt about it. My prediction was that KD would win MVP. I don't think KD's win MVP now. But that was my prediction. You said they would go seven games twice. Well, after watching that first Pel- Pelicans game, I'm not sure they're going to go to seven. But uh, yeah, well, um, I, I, you know, I think the thing is, I would have been more confident before that first Pelicans game. A, seeing the Pelicans, which we'll talk about later, and also with the injuries to Golden State. But um, I, I saw obviously saw different teams um, being in the way for them, um, and we'll, we'll talk about that later. So we talked about your Pacers bad take. Now here's my worst take. The Rockets were at 54 and a half and I went under. Oh, oh they man. They won 65, 65 games. Unbelievable. And I had them as the four, four seed in the West. You oh. had them as the three seed in the West. Okay, so we both really botched that one. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, obviously we talked about Toronto's great year. Pacers were a surprise. No one's going to sit here and try to tell me they saw the Rockets win in 65 games. Uh, they were absolutely beastly. Uh, they Their point differential was eight and a half. Um, when Harden and, and Paul played, they barely lost. They only lost like a couple of games when those guys played together. So um, when their big three played together, they, they, they almost never, I think they only had like two or three losses. So And this is like 50-some game sample. So um, this is a really deadly team. Uh I, I honestly, at the beginning of the Paul Harden thing, I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. And a lot of a lot of people that were, were watching them and analyzing them thought very similar things. But it couldn't have worked out any better. And a lot of people think they could win the championship. Yeah, well, I mean, they're playing right now and they're up by 25 at halftime. So they look good right now. Um, great, great season. Like you said, when Paul, Paul has had his injuries in the beginning of the season, then when he came back, Harden had his injuries. So. They didn't play together the entire season, but when they did, they looked virtually impossible on offense to cover. And uh, we'll see how that does against uh, playoff defenses. Uh, I mean, but I mean, they, they looked great in the regular season in 65 games is something special. Yeah. And I'm listening team I'm- that your two best players are playing their first season together. Right. And, and both were out some a decent amount of time. And, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that they're good on defense, but of all the teams in the West, even the playoff teams, they're better than uh, one, two, looks like three or four, four of those teams. And then the, everybody that didn't make it, they were better on defense than those teams as far as points per game uh, allowed. And they beat out a lot of teams um, uh, in the East as well in that category. So they, they really, for a D'Antoni team, uh, uh, play some pretty good day. How dare you say they're better than the Nuggets on defense, man? The Nuggets are great on defense. <laughs> the Nuggets uh, gave up 105, 108.5 <laughs> per game. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't bottom five in the NBA, it doesn't look like. so. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely bottom ten, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
we'll move on to the Spurs. We'll talk about the Nuggets in a little. 53.5 for the Spurs. We both went over, but in our defense, I mean, we didn't expect Kawhi to play eight games. What the bleep is going on with that? <laughs> what? This is the strangest situation I can imagine because, A, you would never... Was like, it? Huh? Was it stranger than Markel Fultz's situation? That's that's the question. I say yes because with Fultz, it was, to me, it was more like Colangelo and the organization just being real shady and not wanting to tell people information. Whereas with Kawhi, like... He's not really talking. The Spurs aren't really saying that much. All that's really known is that he's been medically cleared by the Spurs. Allegedly, people are reporting that he might possibly not be cleared by other doctors or not feel comfortable, not 100%, like an Andrew Luckish type situation. And then they have a players-only meeting with Kawhi where they beg Kawhi to come back and play. I just... It's and and what, the other thing too is it's Kawhi. If you asked me to pick a superstar who would do something like this, he'd probably be one of the last I would say. And then you have the Spurs organization and Popovich. You would never think this kind of weird thing, uh, dysfunctional type situation would happen with them. It's just very very strange. Yeah, the player and the organization. It just, it just no one saw this coming, and it's just really really off. It's going to be. An, uh, awfully interesting offseason for this team. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was, I think, just one game against the Warriors last year, but uh, in that game, you know, they were they were up a lot in the first half. I don't think that they would have they won. They like 25 points or something. Yeah, and I, they may have won that game, and I think they could have won a couple of games in that series. So with the core they had, it looked like from last year that this is a team that uh, probably wouldn't come out of the West but could really do some serious damage. And uh, obviously you know, without Kawhi to win 47 games. Um, I know we talked about them earlier in the season. I, Popovich, you know, he can't, he won't be up for consideration for, for coach of the year, but you know, it's just amazing what he's able to do um, with the, with the guys he's got, not to say that they're not good, but to win 47 games, not having Kawhi was, is very impressive. I mean, we, we have to call it a bad season for the Spurs though. I mean, they, they didn't win 50 games and it's the first time in what, eight, 18 years. Yeah. Um, I, is it? I mean, they won. They won fifty games in the sixty-six game season. They yeah, won like fifty yeah. and sixteen, I think, that year. Look, I, my hesitation is that it's not really their fault. Like this is on Kawhi, really. Um, them not right, getting yeah. there. I mean, he plays a couple more games. They definitely get to fifty. I mean, they're they're almost there. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you have to assess it, you have to give it a bad grade. I agree. Um, it should be interesting to see what they do going forward. I mean, they're probably gonna have to trade him. Yeah, no, that's that's a whole another topic for the off season. But yeah, uh, didn't think we would be definitely or definitely didn't think we'd be talking about this <laughs> Kawhi leaving the Spurs in the beginning of the season. Definitely, yeah. The Thunder, uh, man, we were wrong. So all I got to say right now is <laughs> uh, fifty-two and a half. We both went over. We were both wrong. Your prediction was that they would lose in the conference finals <laughs> in seven games. And as you said, they would finish as the two seed. I, f- I said they would finish as the three seed and that Carmelo would have his most efficient year ever. Yeah, I mean, this was just pathetic, honestly. I had them losing in the first round. That, there's something. Yeah. <laughs> I had them losing the Timberwolves in the first round. Good call. Yeah, they did. They did exit <laughs> in the first round, which we'll get into. Um, Russell averages a triple-double again. The guy is unbelievable. I can't believe he did that back-to-back seasons. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, he, he's phenomenal. I hate it that he went for it, though. I hate it. 
Why? Well, he... No one... I guess for the historical purpose, but is anybody... Like, Oscar Robertson finished his rookie year with 9.9 assists per game, and I guarantee you he did not go for it in the last two games by getting 17 and 20 rebounds in the last game, last two games. <sighs> I it mean, was just so obnoxious how he was going for it, and every game mattered. Because so, he could have finished in seventh place or in third place. Yeah, and they ended up with, with the four seed. Um, it didn't really bother me at all, honestly, because my thought process was, I don't know if people are really going to remember that. And even if they do, he's still the I'll only... I'll make sure everybody remembers it. Yeah, I'm going to make sure it goes down in <laughs> history books. Here's the problem, though. He still is the only player in NBA history to average triple-double twice. And he did it in back-to-back yeah, well, seasons. I- and even though you can... You know, you can have your own. I don't know if you listen to the Dan Levitard show, but Stu Gott's there. He has his own personal record book where he hands out championships and takes things away from people, etc. So if you want to, in your own personal record book, say that he doesn't have it, that's fine. But in reality, he, he is that statistic. He's the only one who can say he did it. And I don't know. I think if I was in that position, I would have tried to do the same thing. Well, no, he definitely did it. I mean, I'm not going to take that away from him. It's just, I just thought it was so obnoxious at how he did it. Yeah, like last year was last year was not like, I mean, yeah, he was. I mean, let's point out that the two the two players that had the biggest uh, gain in rebounds this year per game were Zabonis and Cantor, players who both left the Thunder. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, he clearly was telling his his. Or they were clearly letting him get some rebounds that. I mean, the team gets them anyway. It's defensive rebounds to me are the most overrated statistic in basketball, but you know, some some assists are too because all you do is pass to a wide open guy. That, but, but whatever. But defensive rebounds, especially, are the most overrated uh, statistic in sports or basketball. Yeah, I think I would I would agree with that. Um, you know, because the percentages are so high that someone on the team is going to get the defensive rebound. Offensive rebounds are so hard to come by, and I think. I think offensive rebounds, and, and people do use this as a statistic, offensive rebounds mean a lot. And we, when we talk about the Cavs series, I'll get into that. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I don't disagree at all that defensive rebounds are, are overrated. And I agree on the assist thing as well, especially the NBA rules. There's Guys can do a lot and you still get an assist, um, which is different than the old rules. Oscar Robertson's assist numbers, even maybe even to the Stockton, maybe not that far. But those guys back then played by different, harder assist rules as well so that's something to consider also yeah i mean i i don't like i said i don't want to take it away from um this team was a disappointment in the regular season 48 wins but they still finished with the four seed um yeah we'll we'll talk about their their playoff series later okay yeah timberwolves 46 and a half uh we both went under good job by vegas 47 wins Timberwolves won their last game to get into the playoffs, which it was it was a fun twist this season to have like a playing game. Timberwolves against the Nuggets, um, but yeah, I mean, a pretty dis- Butler was out basically the entire second half of the season. The team really went down after that, but I, I would say a disappointing season for the Timberwolves, even though they made the playoffs for the first time in what fourteen years. Yeah, that was uh, the, the big accomplishment for them, um, taking out your Nuggets there at the last second. Um, which, which we'll talk about I'm later. I'm glad they won. I, I didn't want to see the Nuggets play the uh, Rockets. Right, yeah. I, um, I, 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 I thought the Timberwolves would be a much better matchup, even though, yeah, we'll talk about that later too. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I wasn't really that disappointed with them. Um, you know, I, I thought they did 
pretty much about what they probably should have. Um, but this core with Butler, Wiggins, and Towns going forward, it's it's a good core. They just don't they don't really have much after that. Um, so and, and well, we could talk. Yeah, the, the other things I have to say have to do with the series. But yeah, I mean, I like that core. I think that they'll be good for a long time if they can keep those three together and add uh, some some better bench pieces. Yeah, it's a good core, but just have fun paying Andrew Wiggins thirty million dollars in the next couple of years, each year. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I, I don't want to do that. Uh, Nuggets forty three and a half. We both went over. It was correct forty six, um, but we both has had them as the fifth seed. Whew. I mean, they were right there. I mean, forty six wins. I mean, they're three games out of the third seed. It's just it's just tough for them that they they lost in a playing game. Yeah, uh, they had a great season. Jokic, he's the real deal. He is. You, you could probably think of somebody else, but he might be the most underrated player in the NBA. He's definitely not talked about nearly enough. Uh, Eighteen and a half points, uh, ten point seven rebounds, and six assists this year. Uh, the guy is amazing, absolutely amazing. He's only twenty two years old. I think he's going to continue to get better. Uh, you know better than me, so you can talk about them a little bit more. I, I like the core that they have, and um, I, I think they're going to get better uh, every year going forward. They probably need one more star to really be in contention uh, for like a championship, but this should be a playoff team going forward. Millsap missed a lot of games. I'm not, I'm not sure how many he played, but when he came back and was healthy, they won six in a row to get them into that uh virtual playing game in the last game of the season against the Timberwolves. If he can stay healthy next year, like you said, they have a good core. Gary Harris is good. Uh, Jamal Murray, that's a good young backcourt. They got uh, Jokic. They're going to have to pay him soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they have one more year of paying him about a million dollars, but uh, he's going to get paid. And uh, he probably will miss out on an all NBA team this year. Um, but I mean, like you said, he's definitely, I, I can't think of, I, I would consider, I, I mean, he, I know he didn't make the all-star team, but he's definitely an all-star caliber player. And with those types of players, I would say he's the most underrated. Yeah. I mean, like I said, 18, 10, and 6, that's just phenomenal numbers. Um, and, and like I said, he's so young. But yeah, Millsap played like 37 games this year. Uh, he's 32, he'll be 33 next year, but he's, he's still very effective. He's still a good player, and he doesn't have to do that much because of uh, the, the young talent that they have. Um, so, uh, you know, I like their future. Obviously, Millsap won't be a part of that, uh, but I don't see them missing the playoffs going forward. I, I think this was probably the last year for a while that they, they missed the playoffs. They've been doing a, a great job because, I mean, this is a team that hasn't had a top pick. I mean, think about the last five, ten years. I mean, the they haven't had a top five, I don't think, pick at all. They, they've really hit. Gary Harris was 19th overall. Um, Jamal Murray was the seventh or eighth pick. Um, and, the, the, I mean, that, that was a pretty good pick so far. Um, so, this is, I mean, they have the 14th pick this year. If they just keep growing together, like you said, all, all those young guys, I like their core. Yeah, I agree. The Clippers were next at 42 and a half. Man, this is we both went over. Good job by Vegas again. Forty-two exactly. Uh, so we were both wrong. Had them. We both had them in the playoffs. They traded Blake Griffin. That's that's really the big story with this team. Traded your best player. Where are you going to go from here? Yeah, um, 
I think the story here is if I'm DeAndre Jordan, I'm, I'm beyond angry. Uh, although the Mavericks, the way they look now, probably wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been in a much different situation. But um, for them to do what they did uh, to keep him there, then um, now the, the way the team looks, both those guys are gone. Uh, He's I, got a player option this year. Yeah. Um, he, he can he can bounce. But he's getting 24. I don't think he's getting 24 million anywhere else. That's what I was going to say. Um, so it really just depends uh, what he wants to do at this point in his career. Does he want to take that money, stick around, and then bounce, um, or will he try to go somewhere where he might be able to win? Because he's he's a really good player. Um, the thing is, he's going to want to continue to be a starter. He could probably start on a lot of teams. Uh, he's just so good defensively. But offensively, obviously, he's he's next to useless unless you're going to obviously throw him lobs and whatnot. But they won 42 games this year, which, considering everything that happened during the season, is actually not that bad. Yeah, and your boy got some time, Sindarius. That's right. Sindarius Thornwell goes from carrying a team to the Final Four. I mean, that obviously helped his draft stock so much. Um you know, he, he started 17 games and played in 73 this year. Uh, he, he doesn't really do anything statistically, but very cool uh, to see him get some minutes uh, on an NBA team. And it, he, he's, he looks like he's pretty solid. So he might be a, a bench player uh, for a while, but uh, we'll see. I'm definitely rooting for him. And I know Neil Gallinari was out for a while that definitely hurt this team. Not that he's a superstar or anything, but. Uh, definitely a playmaker, especially a guy with the ball, the ball in his hands. And I mean, congrats to the Clippers for the signing of the year. Uh, Lou Williams signing a three-year, twenty-four million dollar extension. If he plays anywhere near what he played this year for eight million dollars over the next three years or each year, I mean, that's a steal. I know he's getting older though. Yeah, I'm about to look up his age right now. He's been in the league like 12, 13 seasons. Uh, he's 31. Came right out of high. Came right out of high school. Yeah. Yes, he's he's 31. Um, yeah, this year he averaged a career high in points, 22.6. A career high in assists at 5.3. Uh, his previous high, so he averaged four more points per game than he ever had before. Uh, and then uh, assist wise, he averaged uh, about one point. Oh no, it looks like he averaged 4.2 in 2009-10, so about an assist more than he ever has in his career. So uh, like you mentioned, he was absolutely fantastic for them. But I, it doesn't matter how well he plays. Uh, it doesn't matter if they have Gallinari or if Jordan stays. This team is bad. I don't like the core that they have. Uh, they're just going to be bad going forward. I don't, I don't know if you see something different, but I, I don't like their prospects. No, yeah, I mean, especially championship contending-wise, definitely not. Mm-hmm. But, it, I mean, this team... <laughs> Could be the worst team in the NBA next year if DeAndre signs out. I mean, but you also got the free agents possibility. But DeAndre signs out. Austin Rivers could sign out. Uh, Avery Bradley doesn't even have an option next year, so he's a free agent. Um, this is a, a sneaky team that could um, get two big-time free agents, a.k.a. maybe Paul George. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's LeBron rumors, which we – we could talk about another time, but yeah, I mean, LA is a destination. Uh, obviously, the Lakers are. I, I refuse to listen. I'm going to refuse to listen to any LeBron rumors that doesn't involve Philadelphia. <laughs> so you can just not have that talk with me. Okay. Um, but yeah, LA is a destination. Obviously, the Lakers are the more ideal situation as far as um, you know being in the spotlight. But the Clippers, when they were good, were in the spotlight as well. 
Uh, all those guys were in State Farm commercials. So um, it, it's still uh, it's still Los Angeles. And even though they've been the little brother, they were the big brother for a couple of years. And it really it, it wasn't that weird. I think we all got used to it. So I, I agree with you that they could very easily get Paul George instead of the Lakers. Um, but they would need to get somebody with him if that's really going to happen. But um, they'll be in contention for sure if, if, like you said, those guys opt out. Move to the Blazers. Blazers, great season by them. Uh, 40 and a half. Uh, I went under. You went over. They won 49 and got the three seed. A really good year. Uh, really good regular season by this team. Uh, thank you. Okay, that, that that I will agree with. A very good regular <laughs> season by this team. Um, obviously, I mean, between three and nine was like a, a three-game difference. Uh, between three and eight is, yeah. a, is a two-game difference. So to say... To put a lot of emphasis on them, I mean, congratulations, they got the three seed, they deserve it. They have 49 wins, everyone else, the next three teams are at 48. But uh, I wouldn't put, personally put too much emphasis on that. But uh, Dame, you know, had another great year, uh, you know, with him and C.J. McCollin and uh, Nurkic has turned out to be a heck of a player. For them, and I think this is what happened, and we'll talk about that later, it's just a, a bench situation. They, they need to add more solid players to their bench, and um, this could be a a team that could, uh, you know, get a three seed and a four seed, uh, um, you know, going forward. And then who knows if they have the cap, but you know, the development of Nurkic could put them into championship contention, depending on how much better he can get, uh, going forward. He's only 23. Pelicans 40 and a half. Um, we both went over, they won 48. Um, kind kind of a tale of two seasons for them. Uh, after Boogie got hurt, um, traded for Mirtich, so Anthony Davis went back to center. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, a pretty good season by them considering they lost an all-star halfway through the year. Totally impressed by the Pelicans. The way that they were playing uh, before DeMarcus went down, they looked like arguably one of the best teams in the NBA. Um, They felt like they could contend with Golden State because they're kind of the antithesis of what Golden State is. And, I mean, I'm not saying that they would have uh, been able to to take Golden State down or anything. I think it definitely would have been interesting because I don't know how they would have been able to guard Anthony Davis into Marcus Cousins. Um, if those two stay together going forward next year, year after, um, I think they probably need one more uh, good player, which maybe they can add. But this is I, the way they looked. I, I like their future. I, I really do. Yeah, I mean, they got a, a big salary. Um because they signed Drew to a big deal last year, but uh, we'll talk about later that he's looking uh, that he's he's worth that money. Um, but yeah, a pretty good regular season for them, especially losing an All Star. Grizzlies, on the other hand, thirty eight and a half, way under twenty two wins. We both went under. Uh, this might be this was a bad pr- prediction by you. You said Parsons would lead the team in scoring. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, I, look, I don't know what to say about this guy. I mean, I thought <laughs> I thought and it. The team is so bad. The roster is so bad. Obviously, Marcus is still there, um, but I just fa- thought, you know, maybe he will finally, you know, recover and, and, and become that player that he showed spurts of for a couple years uh, in Houston and even in, in Dallas. Um, but he averaged seven point nine points per game this year. Um, only played in thirty six games. So it's one of those weird things coming from averaging 15, 16, 15, and 13 to now six and seven in the past two years playing a combined, uh, looks like 70 games. I, I just, 
it's one of those weird things. But yeah, I mean, the Grizzlies, they have a bad team. And um, like I said a couple years ago, I thought that it was time for them to rebuild, and it looks like they finally committed to that. Jazz, 38 and a half. We both went over. They won 48 games. Um, I mean, really, I mean, the big story is Donovan Mitchell. If there was an award for biggest surprise player of the year, he wins it. And uh, it's just a shame that most improved, he, he is uh, he's not qualified for that since he's never played a year in the league. And uh, any other year, he may have won rookie of the year. Uh, definitely. 20, 20 points per game, uh, 3.7 rebounds, 3.7 assists and a steal and a half the guy is phenomenal uh one of the the best rookie seasons in, in a long time um for the nba to have like we talked about laurie market it's not even the conversation because of him and ben simmons and we'll talk about them in the playoffs but the way that these two guys played as the leaders of franchises in the regular season at times for ben and, and for donovan it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's incredible how young guys can come in and, and be that good immediately. Uh, Donovan's 21 years old, uh, played fantastic. The Jazz were great this year. Uh, you know, they just they have a great uh, team. Uh, Joe Ingles, I guess, is, is legit. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know where this guy came from, but uh, he, he's, he's proven to be legit. Um, and they're the second best story probably after the Pacers as far as uh, surprises. I didn't think they would be this good. And we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. Uh, their coach did a great job, so kudos all around to them. Yeah, I mean, and we, we mentioned the rookies. I mean, we didn't even me- mention Jason Tatum, who ha- who's probably going to finish third in Rookie of the Year, and once again, probably would have won it in any other year. Yeah, well, I, I think there's a reason that we, quote-unquote, forgot about Jason Tatum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the Mavs, 35 and a half. Uh, we both went under. They won 24. Um, you picked Dennis Smith to, play, uh, to win Rookie of the Year. Um, really not much going on with this team. But they finished with the, the second, third worst record in the league, and they're going to get a top draft pick. That's basically the news for this team. Dennis Mark Smith, Cuban told them to tank. Dennis Smith, rookie, 15 points per game, 3.8 rebounds, 5.2 assists, not in the discussion for Rookie Sucks. of the Year. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's such a crazy year for rookies. I mean, this guy... He jumps through the ceiling. Uh, they list him at six three. No way he's six foot three. But anyway, I mean, uh, I, I don't think I was that high on him. I think you were. You were a hundred percent. You nailed it. Um, I guess the question for me, the only thing that's interesting for me, other than watching Dennis Smith go off, is is what's the future for Dirk? Um, it sounds like he doesn't want to retire yet. Um, he, he he needs to be probably in a bench role. He probably uh, would be best for him but i mean when you're seven foot and you you fade a little bit and you shoot high arcing shots i mean you can make that work for a while and i think uh you know as long as his his legs don't don't fail him and they always look like they're about to um he can keep playing so it's cool to see a legend just just keep at it especially with the same franchise well they have a team option next year for dirk for five million dollars i mean that's not that much money to keep dirk on um and honestly surprised that they take Sorry, honestly, I would would not be surprised if they asked him to take a pay cut and he said, okay, you know? I mean, yeah, he's that kind of guy, and he already has so much money. The problem with this team, and they they were the lowest in team salary this year, is they have almost $43 million locked up in Harrison Bars and Wesley Matthews. That's the team's biggest problem. Yeah, they they have to fix that, and and soon, um, if they're going to rebuild – 
um, or try to or try to make moves in free agency. But I think rebuilding is the idea with them. Um, and yeah, it, it, this is going to be another real long process, I think, for Dallas to make it all the way to where they were. They gotta just look to those ping pong balls right now. That's 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 all they got. Mm-hmm. One team that's not looking at the ping pong balls is the Lakers, though. Uh, Thirty-two and a half. They won thirty-five. We both went over. Uh, you said Lonzo would not win Rookie of the Year. That was a good call. Lonzo barely played, and when he did, he couldn't shoot for his life. Uh, but I'm not worried. I think Lonzo is going to be fine. Uh, this team, maybe not so much. They, they, I mean, they're banking on getting a free agent, and I mean that's just not the way you go about it. But that's the way Magic is going about it. Yeah. Um, it with Lonzo. Uh, you know, Josh Hart's proven to be okay. They got they got Caldwell Pope, who's been a serviceable starter in the NBA for a while now. Uh, Brooke Lopez Kuz. and Kyle Kuzma has been fantastic. Big story this year. Um, what's the deal with Isaiah Thomas? I mean, what are they going to do with him? Um, yeah, they they have a lot of things to figure out. But I mean, if they sign Paul George, um, I think this is probably a playoff team next year. Good luck with that. They don't have their first <laughs> round pick. Um, belongs to the Sixers. Uh, finally, after what four years, we finally get this pick from them. Yeah, they kept tanking and getting in the top three and the top five. Um, finally, it lands in 2018. Sixers get it. As long as it doesn't pop in the the top three with the lottery, or if it finishes at two or three from the lottery, the Sixers get it. If it finishes in two or three, it goes to the Celtics. Yeah, um, it, it, we shall see. Um, we've been talking about. I think we talk about it in the podcast uh, every year. Um, now, it, I mean, it's still a discussion. I don't think we really care as much, but um, obviously, it it'll be helpful to get another lottery type player. Um, we've done well drafting. Um, as I mean, the evidence speaks for itself. Outside of maybe Jalil, but um, even he, like we both agree, is probably a, a bench role kind of guy anyway. So. Um, yeah, I just, I used to care a lot about it and now, now I don't care as much. <laughs> I'm just going to combine these last two teams together. Uh, they okay. both, we both went under for them. The Kings were at 29 and the Suns were at 28 and a half. They did not get that. They, they finished under, um, Devin Booker sat out cause they were tanking. They traded, the Kings made a big trade, got away from George Hill's salary. They signed Vince Carter and Zebo in the off season. Uh, I mean, the Suns have a, a far better uh, future, um, but and they have the worst record. Um, but I mean, these teams just—I feel like we've been talking about them for the last five years in these spots. Yeah, um, I think the Suns could make moves forward in the next couple of years, possibly, especially with a guy as good as Devin Booker. But uh, the the big accomplishment for the Suns is that they they ended up in with the worst record in the NBA. Uh, that was the goal for them. And they were able to accomplish that. Um, their, their differential was minus 9.4, uh, which is absolutely atrocious. But um, yeah, I mean, they gave up 113 point game per, points per game, uh, which I think is like three more than any other team. So that, if you want to tank, I mean, that's really uh, the way to do it. I think I texted you and Shane a couple times when I was looking at the box, their box score. I just didn't even know who was playing for them. I think a guy named Shaquille Harrison was playing for them. I, I follow college basketball. I don't, I don't know who that guy is. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people said the same thing about the Sixers, um, you know, a couple of years ago. 
So yeah, but the Sixers, the Sixers were starting those players the whole year. <laughs> this this was a team that was sitting their players at the end of the year to tank. Yeah, the Sixers were consistent. It did it the whole year. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I don't I don't see too much of a difference in that. I think the Suns were trying to tank, and they did the best job of it, and they they have the highest odds, and that's all you can do. But I mean, as far as them going forward, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a while. Just based on the players and the picks that are coming up, would you take the the Suns' future or the Lakers' future? I think the Lakers' future. So not assuming any free agents, just just their core right now. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, I look at the Suns. I mean, do you really are you in love with anyone other than Devin Booker? I love Josh Jackson. Yeah, I mean, with the Lakers, he's got a ways to go still. Yeah, the Lakers. I mean, having Brook Lopez, I think he'll play a couple more years. Randall's good. I like Kuzma. He looked really good. I think Lonzo is going to be great. Like I said, I think Josh Hart can be a bench player, and Caldwell Pope is a decent starter. You add one more piece to that, and I'm not saying they're going anywhere soon, but I, I there's there's a couple players there that I like. Whereas with the Suns, I mean, I'm I really like Devin, Josh Jackson. Oh, okay, maybe. And after that, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, not to. I'm, I'm looking at this right now just mm-hmm. to double check. Yeah, so Brooke Lopez and Caldwell Pope are on one-year deals. Um, so, I mean, I, it's up to them whether they want to sign them. <laughs> Those two made about uh, $40, $41 million this year. Um, then Corey Brewer and Channing Fry, they're done after this year. Isaiah Thomas is done. Um, they, I mean, they have the space. I mean, I mean, we we talk about all these young guys because they've had the number two pick the last what three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these all, all these good guys are on all these good young guys are on the rookie deals. Uh, it's just a matter of can they develop and sign a big time free agent like they want. Yeah, I mean, even like you said, even if they do lose all those guys, like they were really they set it up to do. I like I said, I still like the the four guys I I mentioned. I mean, even take Brook Lopez out of it. I guess with Lonzo and Kuzma, um, that's I guess, I guess you're, you're making a good point. Um, I, I mean, mean you, Booker's the best player, best player right now, and probably the best prospect right now out of all of them because he's shown that he's capable of doing it. Right. Um, I guess I think Lonzo's going to be great. Um, obviously, no, no, I like. I like Lonzo, but like if I'm betting money, I mean, yeah. I bet Devin Booker. Be right, because he's, he's I mean, scored 70 in points in a game. 70 points in yeah, a game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, yeah. I guess let's uh, talk. I, I just, I just think, it's a, I think it's a conversation. I mean, they're, they're both in good situations for what their record was this year. <laughs> yeah, and I, they both have, like Booker, like you said, is established. He's going to be good for a while. And then Josh Jackson, maybe as well. We both believe Lonzo's going to be good. Uh, Joyce Randall's proved to be pretty good, and Kuzma looks good. So um, at least they both have a couple, two or three guys that they can say, okay, these guys are good. And then if they can hit on one or two more guys in the next couple years, they could be somewhere three, four years from now. All right, let's move on to, uh, we'll move on to our predictions. MVP, you said Giannis, I said KD. Um, I'll ask this question. Who will win it and who should win it? James Harden obviously will win it. Uh, we always know he's going to win it because the media makes the story and that's the guy who wins it. Without a doubt, unquestionably, 
I know that I am always talking about how great this guy is, blah, blah, blah. This was this is the best player, in my opinion, of all time, if you don't want to say that. He's definitely the best player in the league. He just had his best season ever. Uh, he took a team that completely got rid of, like, uh, what, five guys in the rotation, I think, at least, and replaced him with other players, still won 50 games. It, it should be LeBron James, and it, uh, to me, it's not close. I agree on both accounts. And I know we, me, you, and Shane got in a discussion last year that I said LeBron shouldn't deserve it last year, which I still stick to that, even mm-hmm. though Westbrook did not deserve it. <laughs> um, I picked Harden last year, but I think Harden will win it this year, and LeBron deserves it. His team was trash this year, and he played all 82 games. Like we said, led, led the league in minutes, minutes per game. He also played uh, 82. Let me, let me triple check this. I believe... He led the league in points scored because he played 10 more games uh, than Harden did. Did Harden lead the league in points per game? I didn't, I didn't even know. Yeah, that. Harden did. And Le- LeBron, yeah, LeBron scored the most points in the league because he played all, all 82 games. So that's just another thing to add there. But just like I said, if it's the best player in the league and he has his best season ever, uh, they win 50 games. I don't know what. I don't know where the negative is there, and I'm not saying there's a negative on Harden, but you know, I just it shouldn't even it shouldn't be a discussion as far as I'm concerned. Harden should definitely be in second place, no doubt, but that's just my my uh, my two cents. So rookie of the year, you had Smith, I had Simmons. I think we're both going with Simmons here. Yeah, I I, uh, I really missed that. I mean, Dennis Smith had a great season. Uh, obviously, we talked about a couple other great rookies. Donovan Mitchell will definitely be second here. Um, let, let's take a, a pause here. I, I don't understand. This is another one I can't understand. Like with with the MVP, like there's a storyline usually. That's what's happened the past few years that I've been paying attention. And um, I guess it makes sense in that way. Like we know who's going to get it because of the storyline. I don't get this rookie of the year conversation. There. Donovan Mitchell's great. He's not as good as Ben Simmons. It's, I, to me, it's not close. I think he's the second best clear-cut rookie, and there's no one close to him. But this conversation, people arguing uh, that Donovan Mitchell is as good or better than Ben Simmons or had a better season is ridiculous. So it's really funny because I, I have NBA League Pass for the Sixers. So I, I usually get to listen um, to Zoom off and Abinali. But it's... During the Nuggets game, during their home game, I had to listen to the Nuggets. And <laughs> their guy, who's, uh, they were talking about Rookie of the Year, and he said that Donovan Mitchell deserves it. Nobody pays attention to Western basketball, Western Conference basketball in the East. And, and not only did he say that, he said that Donovan Mitchell is a better player right now. I was like, all right, hold up. There. If you want to argue that he's the Rookie of the Year, or that or your definition of rookie, that's fine. But if you want to say that he's better than Ben Simmons, you're just wrong. It's 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 so so ignorant. Um, I, I, the only people I could see having this opinion are people that don't watch basketball a lot because Donovan Mitchell scores a lot and he goes off a lot scoring the basketball. So to someone that doesn't watch basketball a lot, you're going to see that the things that Ben Simmons does on the floor, even when he's not putting up statistics, it's very LeBron James like. And it's 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 even hard to really explain unless you're just sitting there watching the game and taking it in. Um, you know. He scores a lot also for a guy that doesn't can't even really shoot, but I mean he gets a lot of rebounds and assists if you want to talk about statistics. But I mean, as far as an all around rookie, um he's the best one I've seen in a really long time. 
I think in our lifetime, he had the best rookie season ever. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Um, and the thing is, like, we we I have plenty of praise for Don Mitchell. When we talk playoffs, we'll talk about him a little bit more. The guy is amazing. He wins Rookie of the Year a lot of other years. Um, but if and I agree with the guy that there is East Coast media bias a lot of the time. That's a hundred percent true. If you've watched both players, I don't. I don't see how you can come out with the opinion that that Donovan Mitchell's better. It's just it's crazy to me. Look at the statistics. Besides points, look at advanced statistics. His defense. He's Ben Simmons has been an outstanding defensive player this year. Uh, I mean, tipped balls, steals, all that. Um, I think. I mean, for a point guard, you know, he's got some pretty good blocks. <laughs> It helps when you're a 6'10 point guard. but what, If you look at NBA math on Twitter, they, they post a, um, an advanced analytic, which is total points added, uh, total points allowed for each player. And when you look at uh, the charts for rookies, Ben Simmons is by himself and no one's really close. And I think that's a great point you brought up. A, a big part of that is because of how good he is defensively. Um, he affects yeah. so much uh, when he's on the court. I mean, they're just the Sixers are a completely different team with and without him. Obviously, the same is true with Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz. But um, one guy is is a good scorer, and that's Donovan Mitchell. And the other guy is a great all around player. And when you look at the two players going forward, I think Donovan Mitchell will be an All Star. He might make all the NBA teams. Ben Simmons' ceiling is he could be one of the all time greatest players, and and I don't see that with Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's just a shame that all these sports talk uh, shows have been comparing it because now I really don't like Donovan Mitchell. It makes me angry every time I see him play or mm-hmm. hear his name in this conversation because he's a good player, but it, it just doesn't it doesn't belong in the same category as Ben Simmons right now. Right? Yeah. No, you're you're totally right. I mean, he he I I don't even like his face now because. And and I it's a shame because it, I could sit back and want to appreciate him, but yeah, I mean he didn't bring it on himself. Well, he, I should I actually take that back. He did bring a lot of this on himself. He really, you know, brought a, in the whole defining a rookie BS. Then he says he doesn't care. He bought he bought billboards in in Utah about it. So he did bring a lot of this that feelings that I have, and a lot of Sixers fans have on himself. I mean he he really and I, I, listen, you can allow to make a case for yourself. That's fine, but um, I, I definitely part of the dislike for him has to do with that as well well i think it was a, is he i think he's sponsored by adidas and they gave him the sweatshirts and all that but first of all the sweatshirt didn't make any sense because in his definition it was that was on the sweatshirt ben simmons is a rookie it was whatever it said it was defined by a player playing his first year in in the in a professional league or something like that which ben simmons has never played a game in the league before so therefore he is a rookie according to that definition did ben play professionally somewhere else Okay. So yeah. So then, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't understand that at all. Um, I know that in the beginning of the year, I brought up the fact, uh, a question of, should he be considered? Now that's a different question, but once we get past that, now that's to me, I think that's legitimate, but if you're not going on that and just talking about they're, they're both technically rookies, which is what the NBA defines and that's the rule and that's what they are, then there's no conversation to be had. Yeah. I, I didn't like, hearing people saying that they voted for Mitchell because they're in their opinion, Ben isn't a rookie. I was like, well, you can't go based on your opinion. You have to go based on what the rule is that the NBA defines. Them you know, yeah. You don't just make I up mean, your own in rules. My opinion, yeah. I, I mean, it's fine. Like if you want to define it that way, but he's a rookie in the NBA eyes and therefore he should be the NBA rookie of the year. Right. End of, end of discussion. Yeah. 
I agree. Yeah. Uh, defensive player, we both won't go bear. I, I think it'll probably be go bear, right? I would imagine so. Uh, the guy's phenomenal. Yeah. I think uh, uh, Embiid is going to get consideration for this award. And, and going forward, I think he's a guy that will be in that discussion. But, yeah, I mean, go bear is, is, is fantastic. Coach of the year, we didn't pick. But, honestly, I, I think there's about six guys that they could give it to. And I wouldn't blink an eye. It'll probably go to Quinn Snyder, though. <sighs> yeah. Um, I, Quinn I, Snyder, Nate McMillan, Dwayne Casey, Brad Stevens, uh, Brett Brown, uh, any of those guys. Terry, Terry Stotts from the, the Blazers. Uh, I mean, any of those guys are really winning. Stotts maybe a little more, but the other five guys, like, I really, I mean, you guys deserve it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, Popovich doesn't, isn't going to get it or he's not going to probably get votes. I think he deserves a lot of credit for winning 47 games with that roster. Uh, Stotts deserves a lot of credit, but shouldn't be in the conversation. Uh, you know, I think what the Rockets did this year is extremely impressive, and D'Antoni deserves a lot of credit. There was a lot of great coaching jobs, like you mentioned. Brad Stevens, absolute wizardry, getting 55. Dwayne Casey, 59, wizardry. Brett Brown, 52 is crazy. I think Nate McMillan should get it, though, because, listen, I think a lot of, like Vegas said, they have 40-some wins. Uh, the Sixers... You know, they, they overachieved. A couple teams, that we we're, all these teams, obviously, they overachieved. And that's why we're talking about them. But the way that the Pacers played this year, um, I was most impressed by what they did than, than any, anything else. But I, I agree that, that it's going to go to Quinn Snyder. Yeah. I mean, like you said, the media. Um, the media's been leaning that way, that way. And that, that, that seems kind of how it goes. Uh, but, I mean, a great season by all those teams, really big improvement um i mean all, all pretty good and most improved player i think we both agree depot yeah um it, it, there's no question about it uh you know it's not just statistics yeah. but going to a franchise becoming the face of it leading the team the way he has obviously he's a big part of that 48 wins um not just with nate Mc, you know obviously help with nate mcmillan but, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, absolutely fantastic by him. Just an amazing season. Which, if they didn't take this, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it takes players to develop, which I'm not as impressed by as Oladipo as compared to Lou Williams, who's been in the league for 10-plus years and then all of a sudden scores four more points and one more assist per game than he's ever done in in his career, not in the same season, too. Um I think he should finish second, and um, I, I mean, if if there were a separate award, because I mean, Depot, we were all kind of waiting for him to break out. He's the second overall pick. Um, Lou Williams is kind of more out of nowhere to me. Yeah, I think part of the problem is uh, the storyline's not as good, um, and yeah. I, I think the other thing too is I think a lot of people are going to chalk it up to well, the Clippers are bad. Someone's got to take those shots. Um, which I guess is a part of that. But no, I agree that Lou Williams, what he did, he deserves a ton of credit for. My thing is, it's not just the numbers for me with Old Depot. Like I said, I think becoming the face of a franchise also at the same time, and I, I guess yeah. that's that's big. And having all that responsibility and taking it and, and running with it, and, and you know, that's, that to me is, is, I think, should be a part of it. Um, just to finish up with the predictions, under overs, you are eleven and four in the West hmm. and ten and five in the East. Nice. So I mean, maybe you should go to Vegas next year. <laughs> Twenty one and nine overall, yeah. compared to my eight and eight and seven in the West and seven and eight in the East. So yeah, five hundred. Uh, five hundred. Yeah, you broke even. That's not so bad. Yeah, 
it's not so bad. But now we get to talk about playoffs, so that, that's that's good about it. All right, let's do it. All right, so um, oh well, Wizards. <laughs> let's do the Wizards. Uh, or did you just have something else? Well, did you wanna? Did you wanna? Uh, did you have the playoff predictions that we made to each other? Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Let me see. If Since I... we didn't have time to do, uh, have a podcast, we there are predictions. Uh, I had Rockets in five. You had Rockets in four. So Rockets one in five. War. I had Warriors in five. You had War. Or Warriors in five. That was both correct. I had Thunder and six. You had Thunder and six. A little off. It was Jazz and six. Uh, Blazers and seven. I had, and you had Blazers and five. Whew. Hot takes right there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we. I had Raptors and seven. You had Raptors and six. Both had Cavs and five. Both had Sixers and five. And then I had Celtics and seven. You had Buck, Bucks and six. All right. So, uh, Let's, uh, I guess, let's start out with uh, the first round in the Eastern Conference. We'll start from the top. Toronto uh, beats out eight-seed Washington in, in six games. Uh, just recap the predictions. You had seven, uh, and I had six um, games. So we, we basically got that series uh, completely correct. Um, what did you want to say about with, the Wizards? With, with Porter in there, I think you, it would have won seven, in my opinion. Um, it's just a shame, uh, but I mean, they were one of the best best eight seeds ever. I mean, in the East, at least not ever, but at least in recent uh, memory, because that's a tough matchup. You have two All Star guards to play against. Um, I, I was a little worried for the Raptors. It was a bad matchup for them, but uh, uh, they actually played better than they have in recent memory in the playoffs. Yes, I, I totally agree with that. Although they did get the Wizards, who loved to choke in the playoffs as well. Um, I think the worst team in the East that made the playoffs was the Heat. We'll talk about that later. So they did get a tough draw, but the East is a solid. Uh, I think we said that in the beginning of the year that this the East is actually pretty solid. Um, and it, unless you got the Heat, you really got a tough draw in the first round this year. Um, so, but they they took care of business. Now, now, but I expected that. Now I want to see what these Raptors can do because honestly. Um, no one really, even though they're the one seed, well, we can talk about that, but, you know, they, they everyone expects them to choke at some point. So we'll see if this year is different. I mean, they, they have to be the favorites, right? They have to be the favorites to the East. I'm not sure if like Vegas has it that way, but I, I, I would assume that Vegas has them as the favorites right now. I, they won 59 games. Uh, you know, Boston won 55, but no one's going to pick them. The Sixers, you know, they're playing incredibly this last stretch. Uh, they won 16 games in a row, 152 in the season. It's only seven less. Um, but I think the youth and the inexperience, it all leans the Raptors' way. I would definitely assume that the Raptors are the favorites um, with the Sixers probably behind them. Yeah, I, they haven't had, in, in round one, I didn't see a game that, Lowry and DeRozan played well together, so that's that's pretty good for them. They're going to have to work on uh, their road games. They lost uh, the first two in Washington, and then I mean won the won Game Six in Washington, but without uh, against Porter though. So we'll see what they do. I mean, Cleveland's not an easy place to play, um, but yeah, 
I mean, that's all I got to say. So the, the Sixers are actually favored to win the East. Uh, this is from Vegas Insider uh, at six to five. Then the Raptors at eight to five. The Cavs at seventeen to four, and then the Celtics way back at twenty to one. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but so I, I mean, not that far. Uh, I guess they they would. I, I'm going to assume they're not the favorites because they have to play Cleveland rather than Boston, though. So that probably plays into it, also. Yeah, uh, probably. Um, I'm. I, I don't know. <laughs> not the not the odds maker. Um, but Vegas is usually pretty good at that. But I mean, honestly, with the Sixers at six to five and them at eight to five, it's not that crazy of a difference. Yeah. So it's not that big. Uh, let's move on to the this two seed though. Uh, Celtics against the Bucks. I mean, a depleted Boston team. Kyrie's not coming back for them. Gordon Hayward's out. Uh, uh, Marcus Smart was out for the first five games, four or five games of the series. Uh, and yet they still beat the Bucks in seven. All home home uh, teams win. Yeah, so I, I just looked at this guy's name, Joe Prunty. Uh, should should have been fired. Oh, already. Yes, uh, it's just um, uh, maybe he'll go back down as an assistant or something. It's really uh, embarrassing, honestly, that the, the Bucks lost the series. You you had a good call, Selton seven. That's uh, exactly uh, the way that it went down. Uh, Brad Stevens, not to take away from the Celtics, Brad Stevens did an incredible job coaching. The guy is is absolutely amazing. Like I said, I think in the beginning, I, I think he's the second best coach maybe in the NBA right now. Uh, he's just phenomenal. I, I don't know how they did what they did with what they did. And Terry Rozier uh, just going off. Uh, I had a great uh, last game there. Um, I don't know what to say. I thought Giannis would be able to take over. I mean, he disappeared in one of the games. Um, but I mean, obviously he can't do everything by himself. Um, but yeah, if they can just get a better Chris, coaching Chris situation, Middleton, Chris Middleton had a great series too. I think he was shooting over 60% for the entire series. Yeah. I, I, I really don't know what to say about this. I, I didn't think that the Celtics, like I said, I had the Bucks in six and I'm very disappointed in, in the Bucks. but yeah, it's just an ISO team that needs to pass the ball around a little more. Uh, a lot more, and, but I mean, Gian, Giannis is still a jump shot away from being very, very scary. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's already he's already pretty scary. Yeah, well, what I was thinking about him very recently is, and especially in the series, for him to not take over and, and push his team into the next round was, you know, there was that window where we thought Durant would be the next best player in the league. Obviously, LeBron continued to be so great, and then I thought LeBron would decline around now, and that Giannis would be the next best player in the league. I don't know if Giannis ever will be, especially with the way LeBron's playing now. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Giannis. I just I didn't see enough this year to make me think these things I've been thinking before, and especially the way that Ben Simmons has played this year um, going forward. If he can also add the jump shot, obviously Ben Simmons' jump shot, if that can improve. Uh, he might be the guy who who takes over for LeBron. Now I don't know when that's going to be because LeBron has proven not to be a human. So, but we'll we'll see. I just find that that interesting. So, I'm con I'm convinced LeBron's a robot at this point. Mm-hmm. He never gets hurt. The only way he gets off is he has spasms because he had a spasm in Game Seven today. I think it's just like he needs to recharge his robot batteries in the locker room or something. <laughs> yeah, he's that's why he goes back in the locker room. There's some shady robot business going on back there <laughs> that they obviously can't let everyone else see. Uh and I agree, they call it spasms happened to him against the Spurs. Um yeah, it it's a uh, very shady business. It's the, 
It's the only thing that ever happened to the guy. He's uh-huh. never had a twisted ankle, never any injuries, uh-huh. and then he's he goes on vacations too during the season a couple <laughs> right. years ago. Right? Yeah, uh, it's, it's unbelievable, man. Uh, all right, let's <laughs> yeah. let's let's jump to the three seed, uh, our very own Philadelphia Sixers. 76ers. Now, listen, not trying to take anything away from them, but like I said, the worst team in the playoffs was clearly the Heat. We got fortunate to be able to play them in the first round. That being said, we still had to take care of business. We looked absolutely incredible. Um, we took care of business in a big way. Got out of the series in five. That's what we both predicted to happen. Usually going to give up a game. It's hard to sweep a team in the NBA. Um, you know, now we just look and forward. It was with- Sorry, go ahead. It was without Embiid, too. Right. Yeah, Embiid came back with the mask, which uh, he really, really doesn't like. Um, but, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Whiteside played uh, like trash. But again, it's it, tough matchup for him to have to play against Embiid. But, I mean, you got to play against, so you got to play against, and you got to show up, and he, he really didn't. Well, I mean, he, they, he was virtually unplayable in the first two games, and Embiid didn't play. I mean, they could not keep him on the court. I mean, game one, I don't, I don't even have words for how Ilya Silva played in game one. It was absurd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean... And then they just... They just couldn't keep him on the floor. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think the story here is the Sixers, not just because, you know, I'm biased, but, I mean, Vegas Insider obviously has them as a favorites. But to win uh, the last 16 there in the regular season, go into the playoffs, look incredible, and just kind of double down on a lot of people's, a lot of experts' predictions that this could be the team that comes out with the way that the Cavs are looking. Um, and I think that's what I was saying earlier about the Raptors. It's such a big knock on the Raptors. Um, for a lot of people to predict the Sixers uh, to to take them out, even if they do get past the Cavs, um, it's it's the the choke artistness of that that uh, backcourt. But Sixers look great. I'm I'm super excited. Yeah, and I mean they they started to play Markel Fultz. I doubt we see him the rest of the playoffs. Uh, not any knock against Markel, but we talked about this. Um, I, I think just through text, and I mean. He's just not in basketball shape. I mean, the guy's only played single digits uh, in his career in, in basketball games. And, I mean, you, you can't put a guy – it's hard to play a rookie normally in the playoffs. Um, doesn't have that much experience. Uh, I mean, Donovan Mitchell's and Ben Simmons are showing differently than Tatum. But uh, cool. a guy who's played eight, nine career games – uh, I, I expect TJ to get most of the backup point guard minutes. Yeah, and I, I think that's the that's the big thing. Like, obviously, Ben and Donovan and other guys are doing stuff that's absolutely crazy. But yeah, I mean, he's a rookie. That's but he, he really didn't even play. I mean, he didn't even get a first season under his belt, really. So um, I'm with you. I don't think they'll play. It, it, it's tough because the Sixers are so deep and they have so many guys playing well off the bench. I mean, TJ's always good off the bench. Bellinelli's been great. Ilya Sova. Uh, it's been amazing. Uh, obviously, Amir Johnson's been playing very well. So, I mean, there's only so many guys you can play, uh, you know, in, in a game before you get, you know, too too much going on. Um, so, I, I love the Sixers rotation. The guys are playing really well. So, why even try to, you know, play a guy that um, it really hasn't has no NBA experience to speak of? I mean, when you talk of you talked about irrational confidence earlier. I mean, the, some of the guys on this team. It's just, I mean, when Bellinelli shoots an off-balance fadeaway shot, it's one of those, oh, my, oh, nice shot, nice shot, good job. Mm-hmm. It's like you just don't want them to shoot it, and then somehow it just keeps going in. Him and Ilyasova, and, I mean, JJ does it all the time, but uh, I feel like those guys are never balanced while shooting a shot, and it just always goes in no matter 
how much I hate when they take it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just love the way this team is built. You got uh, a great big, tall point guard who can play D, um, and he can score. He can go on scoring runs when, when you need him to. Obviously, you have the big center who can step out, shoot threes, plays incredible defense, maybe maybe the best, close to the best in the NBA. Then you got, uh, you know, Rocco's a three and D guy. And the rest of the guys, JJ, Dario, Urson, Marco, they're all shooting threes, whether they're off balance or not. Most nights, you're going to have one or two of those guys at least be hot. So it's just a great, this roster was built such an amazing way. And the addition of Marco and Urson, later in the season really took this team, I think, from, you know, a very good team to one that's now favored in Vegas to get out of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and I know we've given uh, Colangelo his fair share of craft uh, mm-hmm. for the past year and a half or whatever it has been. Um, actually, probably, what, two years now? Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, he did a great job by picking those guys up and uh, hasn't really uh, gone away from the process uh, like we expected him to do uh, when he was signed by his daddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, I agree. I've been very uh, pleasantly surprised. Um, again, I, it's a shame that it's not Hinky being able to see the, the just absolute beautiful thing that he built. Um, but, you know, Colangelo deserves a lot of credit. Those two moves were great. He's kept everything together, hasn't tried to do anything crazy. And, you know, obviously we talked about Brett Brown doing an amazing coaching job and um, do you want to talk about their prospects in, in the second round before we get to the Cavs series? You want to go Cavs and then and then go second round? We'll, we'll finish the Cavs just to finish the first round of the East. I mean, it was a great series. Uh, I mean, when, whenever you thought one team had the momentum, then the other team came back with a with a jab. And that buzzer beater by uh, LeBron in Game Five mm-hmm. or yeah, five. Game Five uh, really tilted the series. Uh, but then Game Six, Indianapolis just came back and uh really blew the Cavs out uh to send it to game seven yeah first time uh for LeBron facing uh, elimination uh in this game seven this afternoon um once again shows up has an amazing game uh they needed uh the series was tied in game five he he played otherworldly obviously in game six like you said they got blown out and then game seven he was incredible again I think the big stars in that one was Tristan Tom Thompson uh, and and Kevin Love, you know, making some shots down the stretch. But Thompson with the offensive rebounds, uh, that I think that was the difference in the game today. Um, but Oladipo played amazing. Um, the series could have went either way. I mean, I, I, you know, it was a great series. It was a lot of fun. I, I have a problem with Game Five, and I mean Nate McMillan, great job this year in the regular season and in the postseason. But you got to have a better defender than Thad Young on LeBron at the, at the end. And you ha- he has to be right up in his face. I mean, I'm, I'm putting Lance Stevenson on that. I mean, three seconds left in the game. I just feel like Lance Stevenson has got to be the guy covering LeBron at that point. Yeah. Or Oladipo. I know that's a big size difference, but I mean, three, three seconds left. LeBron might not have that much time to take it to the rack. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, there was a lot of controversy at the end of that game. Uh, many people believe that last Blocked by LeBron was a goaltend. Um, of course, I mean, it was right, and of course, I, the, the problem with saying that to find the game was that the play before um, the ball went out on Indiana, and it should have stayed Cleveland's ball in the first place. Um, I hate to say those things end in a wash because the NBA with the replay. What are you guys doing? First of all, that play was reviewable, and they didn't review it for 
who knows what reason. And then the goaltend is not reviewable for I don't know what reason that is either. You know, these things happening uh, in, a, in a game five, I know it's just the first round, but what if this was the finals? I mean, these are the rules that you're operating under um, and your refs aren't paying enough attention to replay a play that they, they, they botched. That kind of stuff, uh, it's 2018. I mean, you, you guys should be able to review that very quickly. Um, you know, you watch a game on ESPN this afternoon, they replay stuff almost instantly, and they can see very clearly whether or not the, the call was correct. And I don't understand why the NBA can't do that. Especially because the Cavs called a timeout immediately after that. Mm-hmm. You could have, during that timeout, looked at that and just – Added a couple seconds back on the clock. I, d- I don't understand why they kind of looked at it then. They have to take, the, uh, I mean, take the view of the NFL. I mean, they on turnovers they let everything go, and then if it wasn't a turnover or if it wasn't like a fumble, his knee was on the ground, then they just run it back and they they put the ball where it was supposed to be. But yeah, it, I mean, you got it, there just has to be a better way. There's yeah. been a lot of missed calls in this first round. Yes, and and. Like I said, not being able to review the goaltend, that's just a stupid rule. Um, and like the, the NFL has now transitioned into the guys on the field aren't making the call. So they can make the call so much faster. They have a review center. I think it's in New Jersey or wherever. And, you know, they by the time the ref gets over to the tablet, they've seen the video six, seven times and they can make the call within a minute. And I think that's exactly what the NBA should be doing as well. They should have a referee. I think there is a referee that sits over on the sideline as a backup or slash official I don't know, but whatever. And you you have him there with a little computer screen and he can replay the play and, you know, make everything move very quickly. The games at the end last 10 minutes anyway. So you might as well get the the calls right. There was, there's some awful calls in game seven today that, um, do you recall the six foul and miles Turner where he was trying to get an offensive rebound over Jr. I mean, it's called basketball. They're playing basketball. (laughs) I mean, I, I, he did I don't. I don't know what that what that foul call was. Like, yeah, I mean, Jr. Like flops because he moved out of the way. But I mean, you, you say that you let things go at the end of the game, and that was the softest foul that you could have called. And 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 then they call it technical on Lance Steven at the beginning of the game. I, for for what? Yeah. What did he do? He he tried to block a shot and he hit LeBron on the top of the head. Okay. I I just I, I yeah that's just mind boggling to me. Yeah, but apparently uh, Drogic could just slap people after plays on the back of the head. I <laughs> right, mean, that's yeah. just how things go. Right, right, yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta wonder about that. It's definitely something they should look into trying to clean up. Um, all right, well, I'm, I'm proud of Ben Simmons by not standing down at James Johnson because uh, that dude's a black belt, and I probably would have, uh, I, I probably would have stood down. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think Ben bet he wouldn't whip his karate out on the court, but uh, you never know. Oh, I yeah, guess he's not, he's not gonna, but. <laughs> If you, I mean, he's got a lot, a lot of tattoos. If you got a neck tattoo, you're pretty scary. Yeah, I, I, I think I'll agree with that. But Ben, Ben's not scared of anybody. Um, no. Well, I guess let's uh, let's talk about the second round in the East. Uh, we'll just stay with the the seating. So we'll we'll go with the one seed Toronto against four Cleveland. We just talked about. Um, do you have our predictions for the second round in front of you by any chance? Yeah, I do. I think we uh, we didn't make predictions for the East. Right? Oh no, we did. We did. Yeah, we made predictions yeah. for the entire thing. Uh, that's right. But we both picked the Thunder uh, and the Blazers to win. So we we'll have we to re- yeah, we'll have to fix that. But yeah, so um, yeah, we we both we both picked. Oh, you picked them both Western Conference in five. Oh wait, we're still in the East. I don't know why I'm going to the West. <laughs> I'm a, I'm an idiot. Uh, you picked the Cavs in six, 
and the Sixers in five. Or no, that was me. I picked the Cavs in six, the Sixers in five. Okay. You picked the Cavs in six and the Sixers in six. Okay, cool. So yeah, so pretty much similar pr- predictions. Um, and at this point, we usually but you say- did have the buck. You did have the Bucks winning. So right. All right. So um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep mine the same. Uh, um, I, I think the Sixers probably win. smart. We'll go six. Game with- six is home, so it's probably smart. Yeah. Um, as far as this Cleveland thing, I, I, I I'll stay six, but I I really feel more confident in seven, especially seeing the way they played against Indiana. They're going to need some help from Toronto, but I think they'll get it. Like I said, Toronto loves to choke, and I think they'll do that in a couple games. So get a couple games like that, a game or two where LeBron goes off, and I think they can win four games. Uh, they couldn't have looked worse. I mean, his teammates. Uh, like I said, that NBA math chart uh, of TPA, um, LeBron is, of all the players in the league, LeBron is by himself. The way that he's played in, in that series was was otherworldly. Uh, several 30-point games, several 40-point games. Um can he do it again? He's going to have to unless unless guys step up. Uh, what are you thinking? I'm going to keep it with Cavs and six, but, man, they looked bad. I agree. They just – they didn't look good. I, they just, the problem is the Raptors need to find somebody that can cover LeBron, and I just don't think they have it. Uh, so I think the Cavs steal one in Toronto and win all three at home. Yeah, um, yeah, that that sounds like it's what would be the best play for them. Obviously, um, it just this is one of the worst teams he's been on, which is surprising because of the names of the players on his team. But uh, the way that guys are playing is just it's so bad. Uh, they did have a good stretch while he was quote unquote in the back having cramps, um, but you know they played amazing in that stretch. He actually went to check in and then walked back because I think he felt they were playing so well that he didn't want to mess the flow up. Um, but yeah, I mean if they if they can get their stuff together, they can take care of the Raptors no problem. I, I think I still have confidence they can do it even if they play as poorly as they did. I don't think the Raptors uh, are, are really that good, and like I said, I think that that the Kyle Lowry and and, and um, Demar Derozan will choke as well. Yeah, I mean, they haven't proven us otherwise to, to think otherwise. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I really hope they don't. I really hope this is a good series. Uh, if they do play well, then the Raptors will probably win. Uh, the, the big question is, will they play well? Uh, uh, and, I mean, it comes down to their two stars. Yeah, unless if the Cavs players outside of LeBron play the same way, then the series is 100% up to the Raptors. Now, if the if the Cavs players somehow play a, a, like it'd probably have to be significantly better, then I think it swings in the Cavs' favor because of how great LeBron is. If you can get him the help that they should be giving him, I think the Cavs are the better team. But if they play the same, it's going to be up to the Raptors whether they win or lose the series. It, they could beat the Cavs, I think, yeah. in five if they play five good games um, because they're just better the way that the Cavs played in this past series. I mean, no doubt about it. I think they only need to play four good games, but that's just my opinion. What do you mean? Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> you said yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got you. Um, yeah. Well, let's move on. I, I mean, I think we agree that Toronto should be in control of it, um, but especially the, the way Cleveland played in the first round. Yeah, but it's just tough to. You don't want to bet against LeBron. I mean, I don't want to bet against LeBron. I'm not gonna bet against LeBron in the East until he loses. So, right, right. That's that's basically what's going to happen. That's a good, uh, um, smart. But yeah. We'll move on to the Sixers Celtics. 
Uh, Celtics are the home team, so the first two will be in Boston. I think that starts Monday. Yeah, Monday's the first game, and then Thursday's game two, so a little bit of a break there. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm sticking with Sixers and Six. Yeah, I am as well. Um, I, I'm not scared of anyone on the Celtics except for Brad Stevens. Uh, <laughs> none of their players are really that good. Um, they have a lot of really solid players that go pretty deep. I think we have the best two players in the series, and we have a great head coach, so so that helps a lot. Um, I think it evens it more than the coaching matchup in the previous round with, with the Bucks. but um, we have the superior team. There's no doubt about that. Um, so I think as long as we come out and play our A game uh, four times, of course, uh, we can, we can uh, take care yeah. of business. But the Celtics are good, and I, I think they're good enough to take a game or two. I th- yeah, I mean, Brad Stevens factor, you got to give them at least one game for just him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to, to see who they put on Simmons. I would assume Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart's way too small. Uh, so I would assume Jalen Brown. But they're definitely going to give him some different looks, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i interested. I, I, honestly, I think the most interesting thing about this series is to see what Brad Stevens can come up with to try to to try to win some games because... Like I said, we have the best two players in the series. Uh, this is a this is a solid Celtics team. They're like I said, they're they're pretty deep. They have a lot of good players, but it's going to take a, a lot of a lot of coaching mastery for for them to to be able to even win two games. I think uh, if the Sixers you know play well, play solid. Yeah, I like their chances. Hopefully, Embiid. I, I don't know what the status is with him in the mask. I mean, they had six days off between Game Five against the Heat and Game One against the Celtics, so. Um, I, I would assume he'll, he'll still have to wear that, uh, just precautionary reasons. But he, like you said earlier, he does not like playing with that mask on. Yeah. Well, I think a big part of the problem too is sight because it's not a typical mask. I don't know if obviously you've seen it, but I don't know if any of the listeners have not seen it up close. It actually is covered. There's a plastic piece to cover the whole thing. So his, you actually can't even touch his eyes, which is the biggest part of it. I think they said, you know, him getting his eye hit the wrong way could, could cause permanent damage. Um, so I don't even know why he takes it off for his free throws. If that was me, I don't care how much I hated it. I would just leave it on. I'm not, I I love basketball and it would be great to be paid millions of dollars, but losing, getting permanent eye damage is just not worth it. I would just, I wouldn't mess around with it at all. But, um, yeah, I mean, as soon as he, the better, just faster he can get it off the better, but he's played well with it. So I I think with it or without it, it, you know, it'll be fine. And I I don't know how we skipped this in the first the round, but Justice Winslow is stomping on <laughs> the plastic part of the mask like you're talking about and trying to break it was pretty funny because that thing is indestructible and they have multiple uh, pairs of it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting for him to do that because you would, not that it's him thinking it's indestructible, but he's got to know they have extra. Maybe that's why he was so willing to do so. But the other thing, too, is it's it's one thing, I find it funny when someone takes somebody's sneaker and throws it. Um, or, or does something else small like that? Someone's protective mask that's protecting their face and, and trying to break that. I, I just, I don't think that's funny. And I think he should have gotten in more trouble uh, than he did for that. Uh, I think he did get fined uh, um, some like 15K. money. Yeah, which is a, which is a lot. Um, but it, it's just, it's a protective piece. It's just, um, I don't know. Get, get, get control of yourself is all I can say. But um yeah, I, mean, I guess you can. I mean, you can look at it at the point where I mean, it's not like he's trying to hurt Embiid. He's just trying to take him out of the game because he knew, like, if he couldn't wear the mask, he wasn't playing in the game. That's kind of how I saw it. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that too. Um, but I, I just thought the, the the NBA, the players, 
I don't. I. I, I I don't think they root for each other not to play. I mean, I get it. I, I, I get that a little bit. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of childish, but whatever. I mean, the NBA is known for being very petty. So I like the chippiness the Sixers played with, with the Heat, because the Heat were very chippy and the Sixers brought it back. So, um, you know, that that's a part of it too. You got to, you know, there's there's some mind game stuff going on during the playoffs as well. So uh, they're, they're tough. They're a tough team as well as a, as a good one. So both sticking with the Sixers and Six and the Cavs and Six, correct? Yeah. Do we want right, to go forward in the East or? Nah, we'll we'll just stick with that for now. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll go to the first round of the West. Uh, Rockets, T Wolves. Not much of a surprise here. Uh, I mean, we we both knew the Rockets were going to breeze through this one. Yeah, good on the Timberwolves for winning a game in the series. Um, I think that's a big accomplishment. Um, going forward, like I said, I like their core. I think they'll be back in the playoffs. I don't know if Thibodeau is the right coach. I don't know if Thibodeau is the right coach for any team, really. Um, <laughs> but I don't know that he's going to get fired necessarily. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, but they'll be back next year. They'll probably have a higher seat as long as they, they don't have injuries. Um, I, I think I can say now that I'm disappointed at both Wiggins and Towns. Neither one of them really got to the level of player that I thought they would. Uh, they're both very, very good, and they'll be good for a long time, but neither one is going to be a superstar. I mean, Towns has the more likely ability, in my opinion. Mm-hmm, uh, he's the younger player, and he's already been the better player. Uh, but, man, I was watching the one game. It may have been actually the playing game against the Nuggets, and I didn't even notice Wiggins was on the court. That's how much they didn't give him the ball. Um, the offense is just... I mean, Thibodeau's not known for his offense, obviously, but they have to work on that. Ball movement, it was painful. That Nuggets game was painful. It didn't look like either team wanted to win in the last two minutes of the game. Both coaches were awful. Yeah, Wiggins this year averaged six less points. Uh, He shot worse from the field than last year and worse from three-point than last year. Um, See, I have no... I have no problem with his points going down because you're bringing in a star like Jimmy Butler. But yeah, but with a star, you should be getting more open looks. Yes, you should be. I he, those those percentages should be higher. My thing is, I agree that the numbers are going to go down. If it went down from 28 to 25 or 24, it went from 23 to 17. I think that Andrew Wiggins should be scoring 20 points per game. I guess is what my real issue is. Uh, he should be a 20 points per game guy, even when he's playing with Jimmy Butler. And you're right. The percentages should be, they should have been way higher than last year. I mean, he, he shot pretty well, but still they should have been, you know, it's almost like he took a step back, but you know, this is what happens sometimes to players. It, it happened to Kevin Love initially. It happened to Chris Bosh initially. Obviously this big three is not on that level, but when you become, and I think Andrew Wiggins is that third guy, um, it, it really messes with guys and it, it sometimes it takes them a time to adjust. So hopefully that's what's going on here. And next year he can, he can figure out how to be the third guy on the team and, and make that work. Well, at least he wasn't, uh, well, what was Clay's response? Then they asked him they uh, went, if he was going to have to take less shots when I, yeah, he said, I Durant came in and say, I'm not sacrificing shit or yeah, something like that. I think that's, that's the direct quote. Yeah. And it's true. I think yeah. Clay in that first year took the same exact number of shots. Yeah, I mean, it's, but uh, yeah, I mean, Wiggins, especially defensively, I mean, he has so much potential with that athleticism. He needs to be, him and Jimmy Butler should be the best defensive duo, uh, maybe in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I wing, agree with wing that. Wing-wise. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
right. um, I mean, uh, nothing really else about the Wolves. I th- like we said, I mean, they had a decent um, regular season, snuck into the playoffs without Butler. Um, but we didn't really expect much of them against the Rockets. You predicted a sweep, and I predicted five, so it kind of went how we expected. Yep, you nailed that one perfectly. Um, I guess we can move on. Uh, Golden State, San Antonio, we both gave San Antonio a game. Uh, just just tipping our hats to Popovich, and somehow he worked his magic, and he did get a game. Uh, Manu Ginobili... It was actually the game... It was the game without Popovich they won. So, yeah. But, I mean, it's still his system. Yeah, it's his system, and obviously the... Uh, the, the tragic events there, I think, probably you know helped propel his players to try to get one for him um, in in these times. But um, Manu Ginobili, Manu Ginobili looked like he was twenty five again, uh, just absolutely unbelievable. And uh, Steve Kerr is making fun of how old Manu was after the game. But yeah, I mean, this is pretty pretty boring series. We knew what was going to happen, and we predicted it perfectly correct. You know, the only thing I was hoping was that. Uh, Kawhi came back that would have been like the shocker of the playoffs if Kawhi just showed up one game and playing oh yeah I mean it, that would have been crazy um but uh, yeah that that weirdness just continues so we'll we'll see what happens with that I, I was listening to a uh, ringer podcast and they for their playoff predictions and they were, they made weird bold predictions like Kawhi would come back and so, somebody's bold prediction was that Ben Simmons would just just start start shooting with his right hand. Wow, I can't talk. And then he would just shoot with his right hand for the playoffs and just <laughs> tell everybody they got he got him during the play, the regular season. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I mean Kawhi Kawhi coming <laughs> back would have been very interesting. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, nothing really to talk about here. LaMarcus Aldridge, I don't think we even talked about him. Uh, but I mean, he, he proved that he still has it. I mean, he was the number one option and, uh, he played well in the regular season and even against the Warriors. Yeah. I mean, obviously with Popovich as your coach, uh, you're going to be a good team. Pop's proven that Aldridge, I agree. He's still playing at a really high level. If they lose Kawhi, um, probably going to trade him. They'll get the right package back. And I think the Spurs will be very good again next year. And I don't even know who they're going to have. I just trust Pop and that organization uh, to get the trade right. Um, and uh, hopefully Aldridge won't have to be the first option. But I don't think they're going to get a superstar back. So he might have to continue to be. And uh, But, you know, I think the Spurs will be, you know, the Spurs again next year. Yeah, I, I don't. If they're going to be contenders, he, he, LaMarcus can't be the number one option. Right. Um, but they have – so Kawhi has two years left on his deal. The second year is a player option. So I'm assuming if they're going to make trades, some team's going to want to confirm that he's going to sign in. Tony Parker, I mean, I don't know if he's going to retire, but, I mean, that's $15 million they'll have next year on their, uh, their cap space, uh, Tony Parker, if he does retire. His contract's up. Yeah, and if he comes back, he won't be at that uh, at, at that price, no, obviously. So. Not even close. Right. So, yeah, I mean, Rudy I, Gay, Rudy Gay, in another solid year by him too. We didn't mention that. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I think I mentioned when we um, did that that I, I thought that would work out well. Um, he's he's transitioned into a, a solid role player. He's got such good length and, and size, um, and and he was a superstar at one point. So those guys always still have games in them where they can they can go off but yeah the Spurs will be will be solid they probably won't have Kawhi and then they'll probably have to try to make a move going forward in the future to try to get a a superstar unless they trade for someone young that they groom 
uh, kind of like they did with Kawhi. So um, I, I agree. I, I see them being very good, but not contending in the next couple of years. Well, another series that we nailed was the Blazers against the Pelicans. Never been more you right, them. man. You had the Blazers in five. I had the Blazers in seven. Pelicans in four it was. Yeah, I mean, I, I almost got the number of games right. Uh, I, was, uh, <laughs> I guess that counts for uh, pretty much nothing. Um, yeah, I mean, there's only one thing you can say here. Well, there's two things. I think one is, man, Anthony Davis really took a step here in, in, in terms of, um, you know, his legacy and his legend status. Uh, the guy is unbelievable. And the other, the other part of it is Portland should be uh, embarrassed, frankly. Um, yeah. This is just... It's 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 Anthony Davis and a, and a and a bunch of scrubs. Although we should talk about how incredible Drew Holiday has been playing, and then you got uh, Portland playoff Rondo. Come on, man. Yeah, I forgot about playoff Rondo. Of course, a guy comes out of no every time. I mean, it, 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 he really is amazing in the playoffs. I I just think the way they're playing now, if they had Boogie, man, this Golden State series could be interesting. But anyway, the, stick with this first round thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, just embarrassing for the Blazers. So is it time? I mean, you talked about they need to work on their bench, but they have huge contracts with Evan Turner. Um, Mo Harkless is on a pretty big deal for him. Um, and I think there's one more player. But is it time to separate CJ and Dame? I don't, Try to get a trade for one of them? I don't think so. No. I, I, I think, I, like I said earlier, I think Dame and CJ and Nurkic, I like that. I think they just need... I, I honestly really believe they just need to add bench guys. I think that core can work. Um, obviously, getting rid of Evan Turner is going to help because um, of the money. But, yeah, I, I like it. I like their core. You, you don't? I will. I'll put it this way. I, I would have they, – they, they ran into the – because all those teams were clumped. Three through eight were all clumped together. They ran into the worst team they could have. I think Anthony Davis provided the worst matchup for them against any of the other uh, five teams or – yeah, five teams. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to dispute that. I'm just saying, even taking that into account, I mean, this this shouldn't have happened. Yeah, it's it's just I don't know. Uh, those two trying to cover guards. Uh, I mean, because both are, are negative defensively, Dame and CJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's tough for them um, to to win games uh, in in the playoffs. Even though I think they won what they won a first round matchup last year, two years ago, uh, right? Um, but that was because the Clippers got her. Yeah, it was two years ago because the Clippers were injured. Uh, but it's just, I'm not sold that they can compete for the Western Conference with those two together. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm not sure I share that opinion. I think, like I said, if they get a g- really good bench players, and a lot of them, uh, I, I think they could. Uh, I really like Dame. I, you're not a big Dame fan, right? I've grown on Dame a little. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I really, I, re- I really didn't like him, but now I, I've grown to like him more. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've soured a little bit with this past series, but I mean, I think they're they're going to be good going forward in the future. Um, they're going to make the playoffs as long as those three guys stay together. Like I said, if they improve the bench, um, they could they could go deep. I, I I do believe that. Yeah, I mean, with those two, they should be making the playoffs consistently, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, problem is building that bench. Uh, with those bad salaries. Yeah. Um, and then on the Pelican side of things, like we said, Holiday, Rondo played really well. I mean, Drew Holiday, uh, I think, had his best best scoring year ever this year. Um, 
He's really, you know, fit in well down there. He's only 27. Yeah, he averaged 19 this year. He's never averaged uh, more than 17.7. So, he, you know, he had a career high in rebound average as well. So, and he played amazing in this playoff series. It's just, when you look at the roster outside of those three guys, Miritich is actually pretty solid as well. So their starting five is is pretty good. Um, But I, I guess I didn't really think their bench had enough in it. Yeah. Another thing, I was just looking at the salary cap for the Blazers. They already have 111 million um, for next year, and that's without Nurkic and Shabazz Napier. Wow. So that's a lot of money. They have 17 going to Evan Turner. That's yeah. They 11 got going to Mo Harkless. Ten and a half going to Myers Leonard, and then seven million going to Aminu. That's too much money. Yeah, if they can players that aren't really contributing. I agree. If they can get rid of those guys you just mentioned, keep the other three, replace them with guys who are better. Um, yeah, I mean, you'll see a team that's much improved. And I, like I said, I mean, I don't think they can come out of the West, but they could. They could maybe make a conference finals. I mean, I, I know it's tough with the way the Rockets look right now. Can we agree that? Um so what was it two two three summers ago when they had that big boost in salary cap? Yeah. Can we agree that the Lakers and Portland did the worst job of signing free agents that year? Oh, definitely. Portland's yeah. Portland signed Evan Turner and Alan Crabb to huge contracts. Luckily, they sent over a first round pick to Brooklyn, I think, uh, to get that to get Crabb off their books. Right. And then L.A. spent money. $140 million on like uh, Luel Deng and uh, Lopez, what's right? the big uh, Mozgov. Oh, Mozgov, that's right. I forgot. Oh, my God. Well, they, they also shipped him to Brooklyn, right? Yeah, they also shipped him with D'Angelo to Brooklyn. Yeah. Right, yeah. So that that's what's really hurt, hurting this team right now is they have no cap space because of that summer. Yeah. All right, well, let's... Uh, Let's move on to the uh, OKC Jazz series. Um, it looks like we both had the Thunder in six. Turns out the Jazz won in six. Um, Russell Westbrook did his did his best he could in, his la- in that last game there. Uh, got no help from the other two. Uh, Carmelo Anthony um, was nothing short of horrendous. Yeah, and Paul George, who nicknamed himself Playoff P, was a, a ghost. So uh, I don't think this is on Russell Westbrook or Billy Donovan at all, when you have three stars, they have to show up, and two of them just did not. It's not not on Russell Westbrook, though. I'll put it that way. He, I mean, he is the most irrational three-point shooter in the world because he's not a good one. Mm-hmm. I, I accept it when Steph Curry makes whatever, how far, 30 feet fadeaway threes or whatever it takes them because he can make them. Russell keeps shooting threes with because that, that – uh, last possession, which they got five offensive rebounds for, was the most frustrating thing ever for a team I wasn't rooting for. Yeah, they just kept shooting bad threes when they didn't need it. Yeah, uh, he shot a twenty nine percent this year from three. Um, it's not good. That's awful. No, he shot thirty four somehow last year, um, taking seven a game. But yeah, I mean, twenty nine percent is very very bad. Um, yeah. I, I, for them to lose in six, too, it's just it's just overall bad. I mean, I don't think it's on Russell, but I agree that he does take bad shots at times, especially you know in a game where he shot, shot, takes forty three shots. 
Um, but I think he gave the other two plenty of opportunity to try to help him, and they kind of bailed on him. And I think he just kind of, you know, figured I'm just going to go nuts and see what I can do. Yeah, I blame George for not showing up. Melo's just done. I mean, yeah, I agree. He's he's just not good. I mean, he's going to make twenty eight million dollars next year. He's going to opt in. I don't blame him. He's not. I don't think if he opted out, he wouldn't make twenty eight million dollars the rest of his career. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. He just, I mean, his career might be only one more year, too. So, yeah, I mean, he just needs to be a spot up three guy who, who makes the threes, and that's the only thing he should be trying to do. But, um, I guess on the Jazz end of things, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, uh, you know, just unbelievable. I mean, not only in the regular season, now he's going to go in the postseason. He looks like he's been in the league six years. He's just, you know, scoring at will at times. He's unbelievable leading his team and, Obviously, the, the rest of the team is very solid. I mean, we weren't disrespecting them. We said Thunder would take six games. Um, you know, Gobert and, and Favors, and obviously Quinn Snyder is just doing a, a fantastic job with them. I, another, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, he shoots way too many threes also. He's shot 34% this year, which is way too much. Or if For how much he shoots, he shot 550 on the year. Um, so he, he needs to stop taking threes. Uh, but I get that the offense isn't that great. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed by this team. Ingles, like you said earlier, uh, uh, I mean, I feel like everything gets the ball in the corner and you just know what's going in. Yeah. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, I, I, I've been impressed by them. Uh, I know that we both kind of liked them going in, uh, to the season. I thought they would be a decent team. I, I didn't see Donovan Mitchell being this good. I know that there were definitely some people who did. I can't remember if you predicted him to be this good. There were definitely some people who were high on him. Oh, and, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, there were definitely some people who... Not this Not this good, no. Yeah. Um, and this is, you know, we'll see if he can continue. Obviously, uh, the first game just concluded. They got beat up pretty good by Houston. You know, this is really an unfair matchup. Um, I think you you said Houston will sweep, and I, I took... Uh, I, I, I said the Jazz will steal the game, um, but... You know, it's, I'm just. Look- it would have to be at home. Yeah, I'm just looking now to watch Donovan Mitchell to see, you know, what he can do against the Rockets. I mean, this is is a very lopsided matchup. And I mean, the game has concluded, um, game one, as we're talking. So Houston is up one nothing. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I used to predict the sweep. Um, so I, I don't think either of us think this series is going to be very interesting. Um, so. Um, that's a, it's a shame because uh, the first round uh, was pretty pretty entertaining. I mean, you had two uh, game sevens, um, and you had no uh, sweeps. No sweeps. You had two, oh yeah, you had to sweep the Pelicans. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Well, I keep forgetting it. I zoned that one out. Yeah, uh, two game sixes, and then you know obviously a couple uh, lopsided matchups. But that was pretty good. But in the second round, when you look at the matchups, we already talked. I mean, we we think Cleveland Toronto might be an interesting matchup. Sixers Celtics, but this West, I guess, is really what I'm focusing on. It's not interesting in the slightest. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you had them both winning in five, so ten games total. That's, mm-hmm. Or did you have them both in five? Or yeah, in, yeah, you had both in five, right? And you had Houston four and, and Golden State in five. So I mean, and they the yeah. Golden State and so, Houston blew the blew their, their respective you know opponents out in the first game. So I mean, it's just it's not um not ideal. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, not great. Uh, but I mean, 
like you said, hopefully Mitchell can make something of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, watching him, you know, go off, even if they do lose, you know, that could be fun. And if they are able to steal one, that could be cool as well. But, I mean, I think the focus and most of the viewership um, will be uh, uh, with the Eastern Conference. Um, I think a lot of people think that the Sixers, Celtics, and the Cavs-Raptors series will go at least six. Um, and, and, and it will lend itself, both will at least lend itself to great conference finals this year. Uh, this is the least sure I've been in either conference. I mean, most years, uh, the past three, it was just, you know, definitely Warriors, definitely Cavs. And this year, I don't feel definitely on either one. If I had to bet, I would bet Cavs and Warriors, but I don't feel uh, confident about that at all. I would not bet the East right now. <laughs> no, I'm saying right, if, you, if, you had to, if you had to pick, though. It's so hard picking against LeBron. If you gave me the the field against LeBron, I would take the field. Yeah, I would as well. If I, if I had to take if if I had to take a specific team, I guess I would take the Cavs. Yeah, right, and you still like Golden State out of the West? Yeah. Oh yeah. They're just the superior team. I, yeah, I mean, you, you saw it last night during that game. I don't know if you watched uh, Game One, but I mean, you could just see you can just see this team coming together. And like you said, they didn't really care in the beginning of the year. Yeah, now they care. Right, they're turning it on and. You know, Steph's going to come back. Uh, did he play last night, by the way? I didn't check that. Steph did not play. Okay. Eventually, he's going to come back, and, um, you know, they're going to be fully, close to fully healthy. They have, the thing is, it just, there's too much talent. When you have Steph and Durant, and then, you, you, you know, you have Thompson and, and, and Green as well. As good as the Rockets are, it's just, it's just not a fair matchup. Yeah. Um, it's just, the, the, the Warriors are still unbelievable, and... Hey, listen, I'm not against the Rockets winning. I, I would like to see it go far and go seven games, but um, Warriors are just still too good right now. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I, I think we did a pretty good uh, re- recap of the first round and, and looked into the second round. Um, do you want to talk about, make predictions real quick on the rest of it or... Yeah, I mean, I have. Uh, I mean, I guess we're going to the conference finals now. Well, it's, it's yeah, the Sixers. Six. Like I say, if I'm, I'm not going to bet against LeBron until he actually loses. So sadly, I'm going to pick the Cavs, but I'm going to pick them in seven. Yeah, uh, that, would, that would that would really hurt losing that game at home. But yeah, I, I think the Cavs um, beat us uh, as well because I can't be, bet against LeBron. Um, now, I originally picked the Cavs in six. Um, having watched them so far uh, in that first round, I'm not sure that they can still do that. I'm going to say the Cavs in six uh, still. You know what? Actually, no. I'm going to say Cavs in seven, even though uh, that game would be in Philly. Um, and that would be extremely heartbreaking. Um, I, I really do want to pick the, the heartbreaking very- part is. The heartbreaking part is because we we would both assume that the Cavs would win Game Six at home, so that would, that would mean the Sixers were up three two at one point. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, the other thing too is, you know, we, we speculate a lot about LeBron possibly leaving. I know a lot of people are speculating, and and one of the destinations could be Philly. I think, you know, one of the best ways, honestly, the best thing that could have happened for him leaving as far as anyone trying to get him, L.A., us, would have been him losing today um, because that really would have shown him that he doesn't have the pieces there. Um, if they are able to get to the finals, I think he might question leaving a little bit more. 
Uh, I think he still leaves, but obviously every round they win hurts. But I think us playing them, if they beat Toronto and taking them to six or seven, um, that helps our case a lot, uh, I think, as far as yep. the sweepstakes and getting him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's the, also a very interesting thing, too, because, you know, we'll be playing in that series and everyone will be wondering, you know, uh, regardless of outcome, will LeBron be a sixer the next year, which is which is which is kind of cool. Um, I guess let's hop over to the West. We both have Warriors Rockets. Um, I think we both have Warriors. Uh, I, I I have them in six. I have them in five. So wow. I think they're just. I think they're just too good. I, th- I think the. I mean, it's it's all depends on how how hot those the Rockets can get. I mean, I could easily see them winning the series if they can get hot in five games, like you said, <laughs> or if uh, <laughs> if they're just not hot. I mean, the, the Warriors are just a superior team, so that's why I pick it on five. Yeah, I think part of my thing with six is Steph coming back. Um, you know, he's, he hasn't been back yet. We'll be back in game two or game three in this, in this Pelican series. It's going to be a short series, so he might be a little rusty. And the flow is obviously going to change a little bit with him in the game when he comes back. Um, yeah, I just I think the Rockets definitely are going to win one. I think, um, you know, at home, that probably that first one, game three, I think they could very easily uh, get hot for a second game. Because uh, I think Golden State will probably win handily, like at least three of the games. So I think the Rockets could get hot and, and, and be able to take, uh, you know, win a fourth quarter against the Warriors a, a second time. But, I mean, there's I, I don't see any chance unless Durant or Curry goes down for the series that they could beat the Warriors. Oh, and look, it's an exciting finals. We both have Cavs versus Warriors. That's interesting. <laughs> yes. Uh, we, go ahead. Something new at least, right? <laughs> yeah, probably the what fourth straight year. Yeah, fourth straight year, and we both. I don't know if you're sticking with it, but we both had Warriors in five. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that because I think uh, LeBron does something crazy in one of the games at home. Probably, probably again like game three. Like I said, I I think he just goes not. I mean, he'd have to have one of the greatest games of all time, and I, you know I think he can do that and will do that. Um, and and they can sneak one out, a close one against Golden State, and I think they get blown out in most of the other games. Yeah, the the only thing I would think about changing is Warriors to four. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. So I mean, the way that both teams have looked, it's just the the, we, the Western. I think we're both looking forward to the conference finals separately as those. I mean, even the Raptors versus uh, uh, Cavs should be fun. But I think the watching the conference finals, which games uh will be more interesting than watching the finals yeah unless the sixers are in it, of course right right of course yeah for us personally although i i don't see the sixers winning more than a game uh against the warriors yeah either. but i mean just watching those games and seeing the future against the right. past <laughs> right yeah and just being in the final it's just seeing how we match up because if we do get lebron uh i assume it'd be golden state again we'd have to play so to, to see all that would be would be pretty cool and just you know just being in the finals is awesome but um yeah, it looks like yeah. we we're both projecting the same champion again. But I think I finally have hope. I think teams, including the Sixers, are close uh, to getting to the Warriors level. The Rockets, obviously, I think are not there, but they're getting closer. And um, yeah, I mean, the Pelicans with, with DeMarcus Cousins, I think they're going to be kind of close. Now, I, I still am not comfortable saying anyone could beat them. Us with LeBron, I think that's a, f- a fair matchup. But um, obviously, that's all future speculation. 
Yep. Mm-hmm, I agree. But I mean, at least this this year we're not 100 percent sure it's going to be Warriors versus Cavs, even though we're both predicting it. Right. Right. Yeah. We don't we don't feel that confident, especially with the Cavs. But anyway, um, that that's been a pretty good preview, I guess. The second round will probably go close to two weeks because one of those we we're, we're thinking one of those series will probably go six, right? In the East. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I would I would assume if Raptors if Cavs win in five, I'd be shocked. Yeah, so I, I'd assume in about we can have two weeks time. Uh, we'll get together to recap the second round um, and then talk about the conference finals and see if our opinions have have changed uh, in any way. Um, and before I forget. Uh, I just want to remind everyone again, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, are the Super Bowl champions. Um, you get to say it both times. That's, that's not fair, man. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. Oh, my bad. All right, next time n- next time you got it, all right? <laughs> all right, sounds good. All right. Uh, so anyway, this has uh, been our, our uh, regular season recap and our, and our postseason first ca- round recap and, and looking to the, to the next round. Um, so uh, I'm Bill Golden. Alongside me was Kevin McLernan. Uh, It's been the Pick and Roll Podcast, and thank you for listening.